Ah, good evening, friends. Welcome to episode 19, I can count, of Did That Make Air? Hi, I'm Brian Wilmer in snowy South Carolina, joined by Ed Barnes in sunny California, which I will undoubtedly never hear the end of. So go it's ahead. It's overcast here, actually. It's 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 foggy. Yeah, so it's, wonder. you know, we just got to stay inside and bundle up. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, make your beach <laughs> jokes, get them all out of the way so that I can be sufficiently pissed for the remainder of the program. You and I both know I'm going to end up getting a job in Minneapolis one of these years. <laughs> <laughs> just all that karma is going to come right back into just like the job of a lifetime <laughs> in North Dakota or something of that nature. <laughs> you know it's coming. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll get a recommendation from Robbie Intzmikoski to go produce Twins games or something. Enjoy that. So, maybe, uh, maybe that'll be... Uh, around the corner for me but all i know is you and i both know that job is coming where the winter is just a scary proposition and i'm going to be left with quite a decision actually you're not as bad as as mud is uh, our friend mark grant friend of the program uh, padres color analyst always talking about how nice it is in san diego and how it's 65 and sunny and he's outside in flip-flops and everything and i'm just sitting here the entire winter just with both middle fingers extended the entire winter i love mud to death but it's been like three degrees in South Carolina for the last three months. I've I've had enough. Yeah, I I, I think you know that I do try to go out of my way to not be that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I, I really feel like I do at least. I mean, I, I obviously I'm joking about it here, but you know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy that's you know sending out pictures on Christmas. It's like, oh, check it out. Here's what it is in Southern California. What what do you have? Snow. You know, that whole person, this the real, like, smug person who's trying to rub it in people's face. I don't want to be that guy. I only do it because you're basically asking me to please be that guy with the way you're asking about the weather. Yeah, see, what I find hilarious is, you know, the Weather Channel has got, like, Winter Storm Leon or whatever the hell it is. And they've got Jim Cantore stationed down in Charleston and everything else. I'm just like, you know, I actually said this to somebody earlier. How are you seeing it? I, I'm not, but I, I I know about it because is it on Directv? No, the the, uh, the people are blowing up the Twitters about it. But someone, it's like DefCon Five <laughs> in this country because we don't have the Weather Channel. Yeah, I, I know. Ever be told about it on another station? I, I could have known, you know, that the snow was coming if they'd bothered to put the Weather Channel back on Directv. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The it's ba- not your fault. The bad thing is, it's though, not Brian. It's not your fault. I'll, I'll I'll get through through to that eventually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll stop blaming myself. Um, Good. I actually I kind of miss the days of the drunk local meteorologist who would just show up completely, you know, hammered and and go on set and talk about oh, it should be forty five degrees tomorrow. And uh, back to you for a sport. I I miss that guy instead of as I called them earlier the shepherds leading the sheep to the bread and milk. <laughs> so- <laughs> All right, uh, that's an inspired name. Um, <laughs> do you remember what the genesis of the name was? Uh, I don't actually. I just I, I fired that off, and I don't even remember what led me to that. I just remember saying that. And see, here's the thing: this all started earlier today from the weathercaster at the local NBC affiliate in Charlotte, who posted on Failbook and the Twitters and and every other. Uh, possible, you know, internet verse uh, place possible. The loaf of bread index for South Carolina earlier today. We are uh, where I'm located in South Carolina. We are firmly in the two loaf of bread zone. 
Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a very scientific measurement. <laughs> what school did he go to where he learned the two loaf of bread technique? Well, what's hilarious is if you look at bios of, of meteorologists, like every single one of them went to Mississippi State. Seriously, it doesn't matter whether you're in a 200 market or a 2 market. Every single one of them went to Mississippi State. And now all of a sudden, I'm very afraid for Mississippi State. Well, we all know that weather people aren't necessarily meteorologists. True. Okay. True. So the person who came up with the two loaf of bread uh, grading system for severity of storm, were they someone who was a cooking major and then they like, couldn't get a show on Food Network? And they're like, I'll do weather. I'll do weather. I'm going to sneak food references in the whole time, though. Yeah, up there uh, in the northern part of the state, you're going to need two loaves of bread. Make sure that they're good, like sourdough at least. I mean, don't just get wonder, okay? You're going to be in for a while. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's, he's just like, let's see, uh, I could dye my tips and grow a rape stash, or I could go into weather. Hmm. I don't really like wristbands, therefore <laughs> I can't be on the Food Network. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me, I've not told anybody how they can contact the program, and no. Lord, Lord knows, you know, they've they've just been tripping over themselves to do it. DT, sure. <laughs> DTMAPodcast at gmail.com, the email address, DTMAPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Add to that make air on the Twitters if you want to uh, send us your weather forecasts or your you know shots of your weather app or whatever it is you want to do. The, uh, the the people that I know who are posting these 78-degree photos from Miami, uh, mm. you, you know what you can do. Sure. But, uh, yeah, if you want to contact the program, that's how you can do so. By the way, tonight we have so much stuff. We have so many fart stories. I've never seen so many well, fart stories in my life. We have them. And... There's a story that you said you had for me that we'll get to in a bit. However, before we get rolling on any of that, we have the yeah. return of the big question on the program. Uh-huh. And uh, we've, we've gone a, couple, a few weeks, I guess, without one. Okay. So I'm bringing it back. We are going with the big question tonight of, and I'll go ahead and give you my answer, and then you can, you can formulate yours. Lionel Richie. <laughs> oh, that sorry. Might, that, that was last week. That might actually work for this. Mm. If you had the power as an individual to remove one person from your TV permanently, they could never again appear in your TV ever. They would be, you know, given a life sentence in prison or blown up or whatever it is. If you could remove one person from TV, who would you remove and why? You know, I have an answer that comes to mind and not because I've spent a lot of time watching uh, – I'm going to stay as ambiguous as possible until I actually put it out there – their show. Okay. Um, even though I'm just talking about a single person. But uh, this person um, managed to make me upset while watching their program while the sound was not on. Wow. Um, I was at the gym one time, and I just watched this person doing their thing <laughs> on TV while I was trying to – you know distract myself from the fact that i'm you know running on a hamster wheel and <laughs> i just watched this person and the facial expressions and all of the stuff that was going on and started to get mad um so if i could get rid of nancy grace i'd be really happy about that it might be a pretty common answer but <laughs> honestly i got mad watching her show without being able to hear it uh, dare i ask what happened Oh, I don't even remember anything about the show. <laughs> I just remember thinking, 
how am I getting mad at a show where I don't even know what she's talking about? She just blacked just out her from anger. General <laughs> look and demeanor made me upset. Uh, okay, I'll accept that. The stare tactics, I mean, that she actually uses on her show and the complete nonsense that she says, I think that would probably be more valid reasons. But still, the gym, the the, the gym uh, scenario hits a little closer to home. Uh, first of all, why are MSNBC and Fox News not fighting for her services? But uh, I, I'll, I'll allow her to be thrown off the air. My person to get thrown off the air <laughs> is Dr. Oz. Really? Get rid of Dr. Oz? Yes. Dr. Oz is out of here. I have a really big side question before we get into why on Dr. Oz. Go ahead. But uh, it's a show that doesn't end up on infrequently in the mornings because the morning show that my lovely fiance puts on <laughs> is followed by Dr. Oz. And sometimes the TV doesn't get turned off when she leaves or she's still here working from home or whatever it might be. <laughs> right. But – if Dr. Oz was banished from the television, where would all the people responsible for making the huge uh, to scale models of ears, noses, and other body parts <laughs> that appear on that show? What are they going to do for work, Brian? You're crippling our economy. Not so. They still have that show, The Doctors. Never seen that show, it's, so I can't comment on it. But yeah. I assume that they would get a lot of similar work. It's a show with uh, Travis Stork, who was on The Bachelor, and like four or five other people who are all doctors, and they talk you about already these... lost me. Actually, well, I, sorry, I, I, you I know. said The Bachelor, and um, I sit through enough bad reality television to have actually ever seen that show. Well, see, here's the thing: I, I was waiting to get my oil changed one time, and they had it sorry. on the waiting room, and it yeah. just you know, I couldn't change it. I'm sitting there, like you know frantically pushing my thumb against my finger trying to change the channel which of course never right. works and so i'm stuck there watching it and it's like that that guy who you know when he's not filming simply saline commercials is hosting the doctors and it's like him and four other physicians and they're all talking about like embarrassing medical conditions and stuff and i'm just like why the hell would anybody leave this on voluntarily or involuntarily well there are a lot of hypochondriacs in the country um <laughs> It's like WebMD for television. Right. It's like WebMD without the pesky reading. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what they need to do. They need to have WebMD television. It's, it's like uh, you know, they, they have people who stand up in the crowd. It's like, yeah, um, I've got this itch that, that's been going on on my arm for like the last three or four days. What's going on? Uh, you have cancer, ma'am. Next. I can't believe that someone has not incorporated a medical TV show or shows into a business model where they talk about a health problem and then say, if you think you might have this, please call this number. <laughs> they could turn it into like a hybrid medical Jerry Springer show. You could come on and talk about your medical condition and then fight somebody who's got a similar condition. I was more thinking that you'd have someone who represents an insurance company you're in bed with on the <laughs> other end of the 800 number, and then you could get them some some uh, care and coverage um, <laughs> at, you know, ridiculous prices. Maybe Montel Williams could be involved. It just seems like that would be something he'd be a spokesman for. So that's what I was thinking in terms of getting that. There's like a synergistic business model to use a good corporate term for all of our listeners out there. Oh, yes. That I see. I mean, it seems like couldn't, couldn't that work? I would think so. I mean, that, that sounds logical to me between that and, you know, the other infomercial crap that's on out there. Yeah, I'm good with that. Hi, I'm the guy from The Bachelor <laughs> who's also a doctor. And I also <laughs> think that I – when I think that I might have a medical problem, I go to this place, you know, and then whatever chain of hospitals. 
I mean, come on. Well, the question is, though, could you get Montel between his, uh, you know, filming stuff for Structured Settlements and... and uh, smoking you know, all that weed? Yeah, smoking weed and, and uh, doing stuff for, like, you know, shark vacuum cleaners or whatever it is he does. I don't know, man. I think that he's the kind of guy that would make time to endorse another product. <laughs> it's got to cash in while you can. That head's not shaving itself. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I should tell you why I'm getting Dr. Oz off my TV. This This okay. came... He was publicizing this today, and of course, I've I've made fun of you for the whole cleanse thing for the last what four weeks sure. now, easily. Um, Fair enough. He is pimping the Doctor Alejandro Younger Clean Gut cle- uh, Cleanse. Uh huh. And here's what he's saying: it's it's a five day cleanse for meals. For breakfast, you have a liquid meal uh, okay. and or shake. Lunch, a solid meal. Dinner, liquid meal, shake or soup. Snacks, veggies, a cup of almonds, or a cup of berries. Mm-hmm. Key rules, no grains, avoid wheat, rice, oats, barley, quinoa, and all other grains. Uh, no processed food, avoid white sugar, brown sugar, Splenda, Equal, and Agave. Uh, uh-huh. Avoid alcohol, avoid all types of alcohol, and focus on probiotics. Take a multi-spectrum probiotic, 50 billion count once a day. Yeah, okay. Uh, eat these foods. He says whole vegetables, greens, and, and fresh vegetable juices, sweet potatoes, and yams. Uh, wild fish, grass met, and grass-fed meats and eggs, fermented foods, nuts, seeds, and nut butters, uh, avocado and coconut, fresh and frozen berries, whole fruits, and small amounts of caffeine in the form of green tea. Now, he's got five days of meals here. I'm just going to yep. tell you what he's got, and then I'm going to summarily vomit. Uh, day one... Bre- the thing is, though, is i got to tell you, everything okay. that you've read, I'm just... You don't need to buy someone else's cleanse to tell you this. <laughs> this, this is kind of just there. <laughs> Uh, breakfast is a grasshopper shake, whatever the hell that is. Um, I don't know. Maybe it comes with grasshoppers. Uh, is it like the phonics monkey? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, lunch is lamb tacos. So that you can have lamb? All right. That's an interesting cleanse. Uh, dinner is cucumber dill bisque with hard-boiled eggs. That sounds awful. Uh, yeah, that sounds far delicious is what that sounds. Mm. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, day two, breakfast is a green cocoa shake, whatever that is. Probably some, I would guess, like coconut something or coconut meat maybe and mix it with greens. So the coconut's supposed to sweeten up the fact that you're dumping loads of vegetables into your shake. See, I'm, you know. I'm still thrown off by the fact that you're talking about a fruit and mentioning meat in the same thing. That that always trips me up. It is weird, but that's that's what they call it. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, by the way, my, my father's asking if Aaron Andrews is going to come up in a jersey with Aaron Andrews on the back to give you the probiotics. I can only hope so. I can't wait to run <laughs> that random 5K next week with a camera crew. <laughs> the, uh, the lunch for day two is amazing green salad with black olives, avocado, and almonds. That sounds amazing. And uh, dinner is Thai coconut chicken soup. Man, I I am not much of a soup fan. Nor am I. So this does not sound like a good cleanse for me. I, I, I err on the side of solid food most of the time. <laughs> uh, day three, breakfast is a vanilla almond shake. Uh-huh. Lunch is a Thai chicken salad. And dinner is a carrot parsnip soup. Man, I, I yeah, that just again, that does not sound appetizing <laughs> at all. 
It's it's almost more tempting to just take laxatives for a week and just be done with it. Uh, day four, breakfast is a chocolate ginger shake. Uh, lunch, a Thai coconut chicken soup. More soup. Jeez. Uh, and dinner is acorn wedges with Asian broccoli salad. Acorn wedges. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> do you have to go out and hoard those? You know, you you stick them in your cheeks and climb back up your tree with them? Is that how yep. that works? That's exactly how you do it. <laughs> exactly how you do it. Now, I understand the whole concept of wanting to have so much soup in this because, you know, your digestive system doesn't have to work as hard to break right. down. Right. I get it. Um you don't need to do that, though. I mean, I would think that avoiding meat like lamb would probably be a better way to, <laughs> you know, ease the burden on your body's digestive system versus all that soup. You know, you could just eat raw meals for a few days. That would have a pretty large effect. <laughs> and, you, you know, you wouldn't have to make cucumber dill bisque. <laughs> so that also would be cool. Yeah, day five... Uh, breakfast is a purple shake, uh, undoubtedly purified with the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Uh, Justin Bieber sponsoring that part of the clip. <laughs> the Jamarcus Russell purple shake. Uh, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> lunch is a local vegetable frittata. It's farm to fork. <laughs> I can only hope. Dude, <laughs> maybe, or maybe you're the one who wants to end up on Food Network. You're talking about farm to fork? <laughs> this is showing up. Okay, I did a game at the University of Portland this past weekend. There's your the problem. The only place – dude, it pays money. There's oh, no problem. Okay. Fair enough. There's no problem. <laughs> I got upgraded to a room at the hotel I was at where they gave me uh, some key card, and they're like, yeah, if you're just going to go in this lounge, there's an open bar 24 hours a day. <laughs> Upgrade. I'm coming up early next time. <laughs> um, so – there's nothing wrong with this trip, although one of the things at University of Portland is the best place to get breakfast around there is actually like a student cafeteria. And it's good. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's fine for, for breakfast fare. Um, but one of the things as you walk into it is farm to fork. They have signs everywhere talking about farm to fork at a cafeteria. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does that ha did that happen during your college experience, Brian? Uh, no, pretty much at, at Elon and then at Middle Tennessee, it went freezer to fork is pretty much how that worked. Deep fryer to fork. <laughs> <laughs> Subway truck to fork. There you go. Yeah, see, so different experiences just depending on what part of the country you go to college in, I guess. The uh, the dinner on day five of this cleanse sounds a little bit uh, questionable, and I'm, I'm going to have to find out the ingredients in this. However, I cannot, without seeing a video, find out what the ingredients are, so maybe the uh, the Googles will help us out here. The dinner is a Euro nut shake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just sounds awful. Yes, sounds yes, so it does. In so many ways. <laughs> Uh, I hope that they gave you some sort of mix for it that has like a German guy in all black with glasses, like sprockets, you know, <laughs> maybe something like that. <laughs> Gosh, I, I, I don't know. I am going to look it up here, um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but so Dr. Oz is supporting this cleanse, and just because he's supporting this cleanse, he's done, huh? Oh, there are so many reasons why Dr. Oz is done, but that's that's a, a pretty key reason why. All right. Well, um, eventually my computer will figure out what the Euronut shake is. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's a tablespoon vanilla extract, two tablespoons raw cacao, 
two to four tablespoons hazelnut butter, one cup unsweetened coconut milk, stevia to taste. I thought, okay, all right. One heaping tablespoon of protein powder, one tablespoon ground flaxseed, so you can get big like bonds, and uh, <laughs> blend until creamy are the only directions. So that sounds like there's really not very much in the way of nuts at all. Yeah, just throw a bunch of crap in a blender and let it roll. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it'll have a not very consistent coffee color to it. Oh, nice. Uh, so right. so basically it'll look the same when you drink it as several hours after you drink it then. Yep. That's kind of where I was going. Yeah. Word. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> there's our big question for the week. Short as it is, uh, tell us who you would have removed from the television if you had the power to do it. Send us a tweet. I need more of your reasons. I do. Well, I'll get to those. Uh, send us a tweet at Did That Make Air. You can also email us uh, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. First of all, I'm sick of the sanctimony. That's that's the thing that kills me. I mean, if you watch Nancy Grace, I mean, sure, she's sanctimonious, but at least you can tell she's doing it for shtick. Uh, Dr. Oz just seems naturally like a sanctimonious a-hole. And people like that usually end up on MSNBC or Fox News. Since he's not, he needs to be out of here. Get, gone. Uh, I don't like his hair. His hair is stupid. Um, <laughs> it is. Seriously. Um, most most of his guests are stupid. Um, he caters to... Would you feel differently if I told you the other day he had Steven Tyler on for a very special talk about Steven's addiction? Uh, like I said, his guests are stupid. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's pretty impressive that he could wheel a casket out there and talk to Stephen, but anyway. Uh, and Steve doesn't look so good these days. Uh, no, 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 not so much. I guess, uh, you know, hepatitis and horrors and booze will do that to you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. the uh, the other thing, too, that, that kills me about Dr. Oz, and again, maybe this is the whole WebMD thing, but he caters to paranoics and freaks and people who just cannot get through life without, you know, looking around a corner wondering what's going to kill them. And he's right there to scoop up that entire market. And people who prey on the weak need to be gone. Sorry. Well, um, <laughs> so pretty much any, anyone in marketing and advertising? Uh, well, <laughs> them, uh, politicians. Uh, I mean, there's so many people we could get rid of. But I'm starting with Dr. Oz. He gets rid of you know uh, four or five categories all at once. Of all the places to start cleaning up the people who take advantage of the weak in this country, you've chosen Dr. Oz. <laughs> well, you have to throw a drop of chlorine in the gene pool somewhere. Just happened to land on him. That's an interesting choice. Plus, I mean, there there are other people like, you know, politicians and stuff who aren't on my TV enough. So Dr. Oz is on my TV more. So he, he's gone first. I mean, what about Guy Fieri, though? I know you're not really a big fan of him. Uh, Well... See, here's the deal, though. Guy Fieri is overall fairly harmless, except for uh, catering to stoners and fat people. Okay. Or, yeah. or sorry, let me throw in another category. Uh, D-bags who don't know how to dress and who use the terms uh, money, off the hook, out of bounds, and all these other things that stopped being cool in 1986. Okay, also fair. <laughs> but... You don't have anything nice to say about him either. Well, no, but see, here's the thing. He's generally harmless. Dr. Oz is not so harmless. I mean, Guy Fieri isn't going to go out and send a bunch of people into a panic and send them, you know, scrambling for, for uh, you know, the root of, of some 
uh, Eurasian tree that's aged 200 years so that they can heal themselves from cancer. He's just going to send somebody out for a money cheeseburger. Now that I think about it, do you think that the same healthcare company might want to have uh, a sponsorship with Dr. Oz and with Guy Fieri's show? Because each of people, <laughs> each host is going to be driving people to the hospital in different ways. <laughs> See, what do you think about that? That's fair. I, I, I think another thing, too, is if they ever remake the movie Rad, Guy Fieri is going to be the main character in it. Wow. <laughs> of all the, the movies that I thought would come up on today's show, I didn't think we would get a rad reference. Oh my god, I can't believe he's stopping on the last lap to wait for him. So um, you know, another reason that I can't be on Food Network is I drive a, uh, a and uh, a fuel efficient um, imported vehicle. So, obviously, that's not going to fly. I'm just going to go on record and guess that, like, Giada De Laurentiis and all them probably drive the same vehicle if they don't have drivers. No, but I'm saying I can't take over Guy Fieri's show, that's for sure. Well, I mean, he could have have his 68 Camaro retrofitted with, like, flex fuel or, you know, some kind of hybrid option or something like that. I mean, he drives around to, like, the Dennis Leary... uh, you know, with whale skin hubcap, big baby seal eyes for headlights car. You know what would be hilarious? And I, I can just picture this. If he, like, has that car trucked around the nation and they take it off the truck just long enough for him to drive it onto camera and then drive it off. Meanwhile, he's, like, driving around the country in a Nissan Leaf or something like that. You know that's what's going on. Yeah, that's exactly what I think is going on. Or he's... Flying probably is more like it, but yeah, he's not driving that thing coast to coast himself. You want to talk, dude? You you want to talk about something? Can you imagine the punishment that his seats take in that car once he goes to some of these restaurants? It's not pr- Brian. I mean, you you have a theme that you put out there early in the show, <laughs> and you are sticking with it. Well, I mean, wow, got to go down with the ship. No, you know, it is. I mean, normally we don't have this much focus in a program, but man. <laughs> You promised it being fantastic. You were kidding. Yeah, well. Uh, I, by the way, I'm I'm kind of digressing here. I was told that you had some things you wanted to discuss, so I, I will uh, I will well, defer I to you. I do, um, but we had to make sure and give the question it's due. But yeah, there are a few enough. things that came up that we need to discuss. Okay. Uh, some of which, I mean, since I already mentioned my trip to Portland, I have to talk about something that happened on a plane. Okay. And I was on an Alaska Airlines flight coming back around 9 o'clock on Saturday night. And it was about half full, and I was sitting uh, two rows back from the bulkhead there after first class, and um, this lady in front of me was just going through wine like no one's business. I think she might have had five or six glasses of wine while we were on the plane. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. So, you know, the flight attendant kept coming back, uh, and this lady's name was Pamela, and she was an older woman who, who had, like, the duck lips that usually accompany a, a, an adult film star who's, like, well past their uh, sell-by date, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. um, so she kind of freaked me out as it was, um, but she had this cough that I could hear despite the fact that I was wearing uh, headphones, and um, and I heard her talking to the lady in front of me. Um, as I was trying to get a feed of the San Diego State game that had just cut out on my on my computer, and I heard her saying you know, the lady in front of me say, "Hey, um, it sounds like a pretty bad cough." And the lady's like, "Yeah, just uh, I picked it up yesterday. It's just getting worse and worse." And then she comes back to me and is like, "Can I get you something to drink?" No, you cannot get me anything to drink. <laughs> I am already on this petri dish in the sky with you. I would rather not. 
you know, have the glass that you just held while you poured something for me after coughing all over your hands 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I mean, how irresponsible is this, though, for a flight attendant who is obviously sick to not call in sick, or to not call in and take the day off? Well, I mean, maybe she uh, <laughs> maybe she had a liaison in another city waiting, maybe. I, I don't know, but I'm just saying, man. Could you imagine if you were sitting in my seat there and saw and heard everything I, you know, and then this lady came over, can I get you something to drink? See. How would you react? That's that's like the person who's serving at, like, the buffet line or something like that, and you see them scratch their ass, and they go they go back, like, two seconds later for the ladle to serve you something. You're like, nah, I think I'm good. Yeah. That's, that's not happening. It just bothered me. It really did. And she kept just coughing throughout the entire flight, and I was very happy to get out of there without getting sick because it's easy enough to get on any plane and through no fault of your own feel terrible by the time you reach your destination. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing too. I mean, I'll just – I'll freely say this. Neither you nor I are germaphobes, but we're, we're germ-aware I think is a fair yes, way to say that. Very um, fair. We're, we're not – you know, going to sit there and, and uh, kind of shy away from people or anything, but we certainly know when something is uh, afoot, when when somebody's coughing or they're, you know, wheezing or something like that, or when somebody's, you know, constantly blowing their nose, we're aware of it. So we tend to uh, try to guard ourselves against that kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's another reason why, and we mentioned Halo on last week's program, that's another reason why I've gone to that stuff, just because, you know, I... I Personally, I, I think that it gives me peace of mind, but it also makes other people think I'm a paranoic, so whatever. Uh, honestly, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> if you yeah. feel better about the situation, Care. then that's what's most important. Yeah, so, exactly. And the, the, uh, next, the next time I fly, I'll, I'll break it out and somebody else will look at me weird. Now, if we're going to talk about people uh, who might look at some other people weird, uh, I think it would be the people who would be buying the following item that we saw earlier today. And I'm talking about the fact that Nike is selling player media day outfits uh, for the Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We, we can't say that that name. We'll get sued. So. For the big football game yeah. that might take place. Actually, have you heard about what the weather's going to be on Sunday? I haven't heard. No, I mean, you'd think they'd give us a story on that or what happened yeah. on media day or something. Come on, people. You're slacking. Yeah, I don't understand. I figured, oh, that's right. They were cutting into sports shows with weather forecasts. It's great. Um, <laughs> so Darren Ravel tweeted earlier that Nike is selling player media day outfits, $130 for the jacket, $80 for the pants. Now, I want to know how many of these Nike made with the idea that they actually would sell. I'm very curious to know this. And I also want to know what players they might have put, because um, they have the player's number on the jackets. So I want to know what players they might have produced. And I'm just hoping that, you know, they might have produced like a Matt Prater one or something. And I want to know who <laughs> bought it. I have my Stephen Hauschka Media Day outfit. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so I just like, – where does Nike see this as something that's going to sell? Well, see, what I'm thinking is it's a niche market that they're going to use to sell to pimps who are going to beat you know people to death with their shoes. Just suggesting okay. it. I mean that, yeah. that way you'll have, you know, have a fly outfit to wear with your, uh, with your kicks that you're using as a weapon. That's true. I mean here's the thing that I've never really understood about – the Super Bowl memorabilia by team is if you're pulling the trigger on Broncos media day apparel and they lose, 
you just have a jacket that's constantly reminding you of how the Broncos lost the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, see, that that kind of happened here. What was hilarious here is, like, as soon as the Panthers won the division championship, they had these tents sitting out in, in Academy uh, Sports and Outdoors where you could go in and buy Panther t-shirts after they just won the division, you know, the division championship memorabilia mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was like 29 bucks for a shirt. You go in there now, like I, I went in there Sunday, and those shirts are like twelve ninety nine now. I mean, why buy it when it first comes out? Just wait until they inevitably lose, get it for over half off, and that way you still have the stuff and you don't have the shame of having paid 30 bucks for it. That just very much seems like a piece of memorabilia in general. This is a wait until after the game kind of purchase, <laughs> you know, in, in so many ways. I, when the Niners were, uh, when it was, you know, within the two weeks of the Super Bowl last year, I looked up some throwback Niner jerseys and they, I had a section at this site I was at where it was Niners uh, official Super Bowl jerseys and they had the patch on them and all that stuff. Right. And I started thinking to myself, all right, so let's say that I get a Patrick Willis Niners Super Bowl jersey. What if they lose? <laughs> and you know, they did. <laughs> what if I had that jersey? Would I want to take the patch off? Would I, I mean, because you don't – you just constantly be reminded of how your team lost the Super Bowl. Well, see – It doesn't seem pleasant. Yeah, it's like a friend of the program in front of mine, Ryan Ferry, was pointing out yesterday. They have the uh, Super Bowl gloves this year. Oh, sorry, right. uh, big game gloves where, you know, it's kind of like the, the Nike gloves with Alabama and all that other stuff. You, you put the uh, the palms together and it forms the logo. And, you know, they were selling them for like a hundred bucks. And it's like Ryan was mentioning, you know, just wait a year and there'll be 20 bucks in TJ Maxx. That's true. That's true. But if you're a Niner fan and you're willing to wear that jersey and you don't have whatever shame might come with it, (laughs) what do you think that jersey is going to cost the week after the Super Bowl? (laughs) It'll make a nice nice towel for your tears. Yeah. Or do you think that the same sites are just taking the jerseys and cutting the... (laughs) the patches off like oh god we took a bath on those all right well let's just put them back out there as normal <laughs> they're super absorbent right so that, i mean that was but still uh, if you're one of the people that might actually want to buy a media day outfit for keep in mind 210 dollars for basically a sweatsuit yeah that reminds me uh our, our friend sean mcdonald w- was asking or actually wasn't asking he heard asked earlier today at media day i think this is the question and and uh you know sean is a friend of of uh, of the program of the site he actually traveled to all 32 nfl stadiums this year uh, on on his own dime and couldn't get credentials to media day but uh people showing up as waldo and mozart got credentials so yes i did see i did see a tweet from someone saying that they found waldo he uh he heard the question asked of richard sherman and and Again, I don't have the question in front of me, but I think this is it. Richard Sherman was asked whether he or Ben Affleck would make a better Batman. Great. That's uh, that's sort of like glad the glad we've gotten to the bottom of that. Yeah, it's like the uh, the Doug Williams question from 1987. You know, what's it like being a black quarterback in, or something like that? Yeah, that's fantastic. Media day, media day is pretty awful. It really, really is. Um, I really am going out of my way to avoid sports coverage this week. Same here. Same here. I, I uh, really am. And see, this is the bad thing. We actually, after this, have a sports show. <laughs> but chances are, we won't be talking about a whole lot of football-related stuff. Uh, maybe college we, football. Maybe We didn't even 
do we just said screw it last week. It didn't even do a sports show. Yeah, we just well. keep talking about non sports. <laughs> um, well, I mean this this is sort of sports related in that it involves a a couple former NBA players. Um, but I've had the chance to work with Jaron Collins a couple times right. on a couple games that I've uh, been on the production team for, mm-hmm. and uh, I was told that he's. Uh, or he might have said it, in fact, that he was going to go to the State of the Union address with his brother Jason. Right. And I just started thinking right away that even being in that crowd is slightly scary because of they're, they're not going to have you there if you're the Collins twins without taking a shot of you at least once. Yeah, right? and they're not, they're not going to have you there without your being called out and you have to stand up and, you know, pose for the, for the cameras and wave to people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would be so freaked out that I would be – they would manage to cut to me when I'm picking my nose or, you know, uncomfortable, sh- uncomfortably shifting in my seat or, you know, I trip and fall when I try to stand up and wave to the crowd or whatever it might be. <laughs> I mean, I would, that somehow is terrifying to me, just the idea of sitting in the crowd for something being watched by that many people. Well, at least it's not Madonna from the Grammys are inviting to that thing. God, um, that's I, I just skipped the entire Grammys this year. I, I saw something come across my phone from CNN saying that Daft Punk won the album of the year. And I was like, yeah, I think I made a good decision to skip it. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, I have another music uh, topic for later in the program. So remind me, we need to get to that. But I, I didn't want to cut you off from whatever else you had that you wanted to discuss. Uh well, I mean, nothing else about the Collins brothers, but I mean, have you ever been in a situation like that where you weren't even the center of attention yet you were almost scared to be there? Uh, yeah, actually, I've I've been at uh, this was God ages ago. I, I went to a wedding ages ago, and it was at this really ritzy place, uh, you know. And they th- this was like a you know two thousand dollar plate kind of thing. Seriously, oh wow, yeah. Dude. And you know, I just went there as a guest, and I'm I'm just walking around like. I'm going to break something. Uh, I'm going to trip and, you know, wind up ass over tea kettle or something. I mean, right. something's going to happen. I just know it is. And it wasn't even people I knew, you know, all that well. It was just a couple of, you know, acquaintances of mine, really, and they invited me. And I'm just walking around like I am really, really out of place here, and something right. horrible is going to happen to me by the end of the night. That's always a really fun feeling, isn't it? Oh, yeah, totally. Just generalized anxiety. <laughs> No, actually, what's worse is when you were young, I was like probably, I don't know, 18, 19, something like that, and you go to a wedding, and your mother spends the entire night trying to set you up with the sister of the bride. Oh, man, I have an awkward story about, I was at a wedding. Yes, bring I was it. invited by a, I don't want to say who, because I don't want to embarrass <laughs> this person in case they hear it. Okay. But. Um, I was invited, and the mother of the bride was someone that I, I knew, and I was single at the time, and she had said, you know, I think you're a great guy, and I don't, you know, I'm going to help you find a great girl or something. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And I was sitting there at the table uh, just after dinner, and we were just chatting, and all of a sudden, she just, like, marches over to me, grabs me by the arm, and is like, all right, I need to introduce you. So I'm like, okay. And she just he walks me over, and it was very, very beautiful blonde girl who was equally baffled when I was marched over to her and was just simply told, oh, this is so-and-so, this is Ed, you two talk. That wasn't strange <laughs> at all. And that, kids, is the story of how I met your mother. Uh, no. <laughs> it, it was one of those things where 
both of us like, look, we both like this person who introduced us, so we don't want to be disrespectful about it. But at the same thing, we both feel so awkward right now. You know, what are you supposed to say? I don't know this person at all. I didn't approach them because they even necessarily caught my eye. You know what I mean? There was there was nothing drawing me to this person, and it was just simply you two talk. Oh, <laughs> hey, so do you know the bride or the groom? Or... Awesome. <laughs> How about that weather, huh? And uh, what <laughs> you know? what Ed's not telling you is that with the genesis of ChristianMingle dot com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was actually the start of FarmersOnly.com, but that's okay. <laughs> That reminds me. I saw another Farmers Only commercial last night, no. and, and they show, like, this pickup truck, and they show the the back bed of the pickup truck, and all you see is a set of feet with a set of feet crossing over on top of it. And I'm just like, oh, my God. No. Don't you dare. <laughs> I do not want to see it's, this. It's the Cialis commercial for those who can't afford indoor plumbing. <laughs> Or outdoor plumbing, for that matter. <laughs> if you if you wind up banging your date in the back of a truck for longer than four hours, see your doctor. <laughs> that would be painful, actually. Yes. Yes, it would. That would really hurt. That, I, mean, I, I was going to laugh, and that actually just kind of, whoa, whoa, I got real. <laughs> I, uh, every week on this program, I always ask this non-sequitous, completely disconnected question. I always seem to have something that comes to my mind that's completely against the topics that we're talking about and, and you know shocker but this week's uh might be a little bit hateful so i'll just warn you ahead of time uh-huh. I, I was reading earlier today that uh chloe kardashian was allegedly homeless after her divorce with lamar odom and meanwhile is it bad that i was finding myself thinking to myself that couldn't be the case because the zoo is always taking into exhibits wow wow just just loaded up like that's like a two-step crow hop into a bunch right there <laughs> Man, that's um, that's that's crazy. I kid, I kid, I kid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about that. I just, I just know that E has decided to pay for Kim and Kanye West's wedding. So, can't wait to not watch that. <laughs> Pretty excited about it. Is uh, is she going to take his last name of Gay Fish or how, how's that? Work? <laughs> I can only hope. I can only hope there's some green <laughs> guild tights involved. So. One of the other things that I noticed from my trip to Portland um, was the fact that we walked to dinner. And that might seem like a given for some people, but mm. living in Southern California, it is not a walking community, I mean, region. People drive everywhere because there is a lot of, of urban sprawl. And even if they have the opportunity to walk, they're just conditioned to drive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, I mean, have you had a chance to, to live in both kind of uh, ways of life, you know, where you live a walking life versus a non-walking life. And I mean, do you have an opinion on which you, you enjoyed more? Uh, most of the walking life I've experienced was in, in college, both at Elon and at middle, uh, you know, middle kind of had to be because the, the campus is huge. I mean, it's like, you know, 500 acres or something like that. It's a gigantic college. Um, yeah. Uh, as, as for Elon, uh, it's, you know, it was in a small town, which, you know, is still not really all that big, but, Everything is, you know, fairly well near the campus, and there's all these different shops and all this other stuff. There was a, a CD store I used to frequent across the street from, from my dorm, and uh, there was a sub shop down the street where, you know, people would end up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, there's all this stuff right there within walking distance. I don't mind it so much. The only time really where 
it really gets to me is when there are temperature extremes, which I, I think you might imagine. But the question I have of you, did you notice when you sat down that the uh, the buckles from your Burks were cutting into your feet, or how did that work? Just because I went to Portland doesn't mean that I had to dress in Bir- you know, wear Birkenstocks. Yes, you did, hippie. Don't front. I mean, how am I supposed to be a good Pacific Northwesterner if I move there? I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> well, you've already got the car. You, you already fit right in there. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> if I could grow a really scraggly – well, no, I've grown a scraggly beard before. I'm growing one now. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – I got it, I guess. I don't know. Do I have to like the blazers? <laughs> the jail blazers? Why not? I don't know. Do I, is that is that also on the menu? Do I have to do I have to actually like the show Portlandia because I haven't seen it? Uh, it's awful. Oh, something else too. I, I actually got a non sequitur question while I was home for my grandmother's service. We talked about my grandmother on, on last week's program. You know, sure. God love her. Uh, it was it was great to celebrate her her life. Uh, she clearly touched a number of people, and and uh, you know, I was I was happy to see that. Uh, it's I'll, I'll miss her. But I'm happy to see the impact she's made on other people's lives. I'll, I'll just say that. But I got this most random question ever. I'm walking by one of the tables. We, we went out for you know lunch after her service. And one of my family members calls me over and asks me, why did you start shaving your head? And I'm just like, uh. <laughs> I have to think back. And really... The the genesis of it, I guess, was losing a bet when I played baseball. I I made a bet that if we won state, that I would shave my head, and uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we won state, and I had to shave my head. And after that, I just decided, well, hey, the maintenance is easier. I like the look better, so screw it. I'll just I'll keep doing it, and uh, I did. See, but but that bet is just a good story. Yeah. I mean, there's no downside to that. So you have to shave your head, and you get to tell everyone about how you won state that year. I mean, like, like where is the downside? Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, I didn't wind up working a manufacturing job and, and knocking up my high school sweetheart at age 18 and all this other stuff like like most of the oh, people who on, win Lance. state do. <laughs> what about your scholarship to Florida State? I know um, all about your scholarship to Brown. Yeah. So, but you know what I'm saying. It, you know, you can, you can humble brag your way through it if you had to. Yeah, well, I mean... Well, you know, I mean, we went, I had to do it because I, you know, we made a bet we weren't going to win state, and we did. So. Anyway, yeah, yeah whatever. I, <laughs> that's that's my non sequitur questions of the week. Uh, sorry to interrupt your remainder of your topics. Now, I I hate shaving, so uh, so do I. Yeah, how often do you have to sh- to shave the dome? Uh, it depends, really. Usually, it's somewhere between like once a week or once every two weeks, depending. I mean, usually it's about once a week. Okay, have you managed to start using some, like, 20-blade razor or something that some companies put out? Actually, like... <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a thing called Headblade where you... I've seen it. I was going to ask you if something like that worked. Yeah, and it does work. The only problem is I have, like, a ridge in my head, and, you know, when when you're going over it, it's like, you know, Lolo Jones trying to drive a bobsled or something like that. You kind of, you know, run into a little bit of a, of a tough navigation there. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I find I myself... she was just there to push. Eh, well, <laughs> who knows? She's there to give NBC Sports a story. But yep. I, uh, you know, I find myself, when I when I run the thing over that part of my head, I, I have to watch because the first time I did it, I, I ended up, like, diagonally slicing myself across the head, 
which awesome. Yeah, that 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 always ends well. You know, when when the razor gets caught and just goes on like this jagged uh, trip down the side of your head. Yeah, that's that's always awesome. But no, I've, I've, no, it's not. I've mastered it now. I think I'm okay. Well, so I mean, that's one part of it, though. So how often? I mean, week to two weeks. Yeah, about that. It's what's bad is I shave my head more often than I shave my face. I mean, because my face, I, I just at this point, screw it. I mean, if I look scraggly, I look scraggly because you know it matters. But you know, plus it's it's the winter. I mean, in, in the summer when it gets to be 150 down here, I, I might shave my face more often. But now, sure. uh, you know, I, I'll just I'll go two, three, four weeks without shaving my face. My my head, I can't do that because I'll just sit there and just you know compulsively scratch at my head. And it's not because I have dandruff or you know anything like that. It's just your hair growing back in itches like hell. So and, yeah, and, that's yeah. I can imagine that. That's and, true. I mean, if I let the beard grow out for three, four weeks, it starts to itch at some point, And that's usually my reason for actually shaving. Uh, you know, what's, what's funny though, when, what? <laughs> when you see women in restaurants wearing like yoga pants and you see them scratching at their legs this time of year, and you know why they're scratching at their legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hadn't noticed that, but the, now, uh, <laughs> the last time I shaved my legs, the NBA season was just starting. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Last time I shaved my legs, we all thought Andrew Wiggins would still be the top. <laughs> oh, it's just because your team lost to mine, Andrew. Um, you need the no no pro. Yep. So no, the the thing is though is is I actually and I haven't even used them yet, but I finally I needed to get some new. I was I was out of shaving cream and decided, you know what the heck, I'm gonna spend a little bit of money on stuff that's supposed to be really good. So right. I went on online and found something that's supposed to be you know, great and easy on your skin and help and all this stuff. So I haven't even tried it yet, but I, I have, I have tried to, you know, uh, invest a little bit more in things like shaving cream to try to make the experience a little better. Cause I, I really do hate it, but I figured that since I've already, uh, gone into a subject like that, it would be, uh, not too much of a reach to head into our reoccurring segment on the program, which is where Jerry makes fun of my manhood in the chat room. <laughs> So Love uh, it. I can't. Yeah, um, there there are a few things, and we'll just kind of ease into this. Um, we'll we'll just kind of ease into it for one, and, and one is, you know oh, I've got fan. I can't just have you know Gillette foamy. Uh, I've got to have my special my special shaving cream and aftershave balm for my face. Um, so that's one, uh, and then two. I've I've been spending a, a fair amount of time on Pinterest uh, in a work fashion, but um, man, I just like. I know that I think it's eighty percent of Pinterest users are women, and That's you're just in eighties low. In, what's that? Eighties low. I th well, I think that was the number I read. But the point is, yeah, I, I mean, it's a it's a very soft and like fuzzy and multicolored world out there. Apparently, uh, you know what I mean. So like, not exactly a whole lot of manly images that are going on out there. Let me just say for for those of you who might email the program. Ed's talking about putting balms on his face. B-A-L-M-S. Just so you know. I did, wow. I mean, that's... I guess <laughs> if you really wanted to make that joke, you could. But, I mean, that's... That's, like, not even challenging. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say they were all winners. <laughs> that's true. Dude, if we counted the number of jokes that fall flat on this program in the two or three hours that we do it, I mean, we, we'd be just in the hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, we only if we like we could commemorate all those with a rib shot. It's, it's like but we, it's we like, tried a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we got up to twenty three. I think it's like one episode of the Big Bang Theory, y'all. Yep. Alan, who knows how? Long. And isn't it fun to watch the YouTube clips of those shows without the laugh track? Oh God! <laughs> See, the bad thing is, and this is another thing that that I hate people for anymore. They, you know, there's the instant rim shot soundboard and everything. There, sure. there is a soundboard that has an instant bazinga on it, which Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory says. And you get around a friend of mine who's in the broadcast business. I won't say who he is, but he's like a damn monkey with that thing. He just sits there and and hits the bazinga, 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 bazinga over and over again. And I'm just like, I'm going to punch you in the neck if you don't knock it off. Stop it. But he's just like, it's so funny. I can't hear it enough. I'm just like, I hate you right now. You know, I can't remember the last show on a network that I watched on a regular basis. Are you counting FX as a network? Uh, No, I'm talking like a main, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. See, I I've been meaning to give that Greg Kinnear show Rake a chance that debuted last week. I DVR'd the first episode and I have not even watched second one of it and I need to. Yeah, I I know the show you're talking about, but I really cannot remember the last show that's on network TV that I I have watched as it was actually on or you know, through Netflix or whatever distribution you might have in mind. I, I have no clue what the last show really was. So, so what you're uh, saying is, if I if I hacked into your DVR secretly, I I would you know take a it would take a while for me to find the 34 episodes of the Mindy Project that are on there. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, that would be a great show for me to have on there. But the <laughs> no, you'd you'd find uh, just as I've described on this, there would be some random sporting events and. There would be a lot of shows from Bravo, um, and then uh, there'd be a lot of Homeland, and some random movies, and some nature shows, I think. That pretty much completes it right now, and a lot of South Park. So, uh, (laughs) by nature shows, are you talking about keeping up with the Kardashians? (laughs) Man, That's you got two. On, on the, do you have a do you have a limit on Kardashian jokes, or are we just gonna keep going? Well, let's let's just let's just go for the uh, trifecta. I w- I was in a store recently back home, and I saw where on one of the magazines that they have at the grocery store rack, they were showing Bruce Jenner where he was allegedly going through stage one of a sex change. Look. Um... <laughs> I understand what you guys are saying. I really do. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But come on. Like, the man was an American hero for a long time. Are we going to give him a little more slack than that? Or did it just <laughs> all go out the window once he went on the show? <laughs> What's his name going to be? Bridget? I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, I, it, that is a show that if it is on, I will leave the room. If it comes on, I will change the channel. It, I mean – you know, it is. There's no way I am watching that under any circumstances. Um, but, and I walked in the other day to ask my fiance a question, uh, and sure enough, there was Bruce Jenner with uh, his hair like in a ponytail. So I, again, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have limited exposure to this show, yet I know exactly what they're talking about. Oh, that reminds me. Last night, I'm I'm sitting there, and again, I'm I'm going off on a tangent, but nobody cares because they've gotten used to it by now. I, I I was sitting there last night filing a story for the latest latest Stadium Journey magazine, and 
as I'm getting the feature done, I stumbled upon Battle of the Network Stars on ESPN Classic. Before I knew it, three hours was gone. I watched two episodes of that damn thing. Yes, I bet you did. And I'm just like, what the hell happened? I mean, you know, am I that wrapped up in Charlene Tilton and, uh, you know, Joan Collins and whoever else was a star in 1982? Is that really where I'm going with this? Maybe. I mean, that – maybe just the idea that we could see celebrities of – I mean, that you know, these were big names for the time, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. – so, would... so I'm saying the idea that we could see big names for the time without CGI <laughs> – <laughs> well, without all the special effects, without all the green screen stuff, where every move of, that they make looks like they're total badass. Well, who wouldn't want to see Larry Hagman and Delta Burke on a tandem bike or something? I mean, that's sure that's quality programming. Sure, but I'm saying, you know, like how many how many special effects do they have to have in the average Tom Cruise movie? Even if he's doing his own stunts, you know, and if you if you Google Tom Cruise running on the internet, you're going to get plenty of descriptions and funny stuff <laughs> showing how weird he looks when he runs. By the way, just just an observation too. I noticed that they had that little baseball dunk thing on Battle of the Network Stars, and they they kept having Heather Locklear being chosen as the person who was getting dunked, and she climbs up in like this one piece bathing suit and she sits down. And I'm just like, this could not possibly be any more transparent if you tried. You you know what the deal is here. It it may have been 1982 or whatever, but you know what the deal is. So when you talk about it being transparent, she was wearing a white suit. Oh no, she was, she was wearing like a, you know, a blue suit or something like that, but still, you knew what the deal was. She was, she was there to, you know, get wet and, and, uh, you know, get all, and get all the guys in the, uh, in the crowd paying attention. And that's, that's what that was. Yeah. I think that's pretty clearly what it was. That's true. Uh, if you really want to see that same overt sexism these days, just turn on, you know, any, uh, Spanish language TV station. It seems like, <laughs> Hey, it's a morning show, and here are four girls in, you know, bikinis. Here's our morning show, or here's our afternoon show, and here's our four girls in bikinis, and then it's the sports report with four girls in bikinis. And I don't, I don't know what exactly is being said or what justification is given for them being there, but it seems like it's very important. No? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I've got my mind flashing to, like, Sabado Higate or something like that right now. Oh, with uh, Conton Francisco? Yes, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> he's great. I did, I did really enjoy doing that when I was in one of my um, TV writing classes, um, or news writing classes, I should say. And I mean news for television. Uh, <laughs> one of the uh, – that, that was a pretty smooth segue. So, <laughs> Aren't they all one here? Of the, <laughs> One of the nights uh, of the class, we went over to the television studio on campus, and we had to read. You know, we all had to write copy for a given story, and then we had to go on there and read it off the teleprompter, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I had written my copy, and they hadn't told us anything about, you know, who you're tossing to or anything of that sort. So everyone just kind of had to make that up on the fly. So I did my report, you know, it's like, uh, and later on, such and such, and then this fire, and, uh, you know, police have called off the search as they have found this person after missing for three days. Now back to Sabado Gigante con Don Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> the teacher's like, do you want to do that again a little more professionally? I'm like, I thought it was a great toss, actually. <laughs> that reminds me, by the way, I, I saw some stupid video somewhere where – they they were you know it was labeled like you know local tv news hijinks or something like that and they sh they showed somebody 
crawling under a desk and replacing the foot pedal for the TPT with like a whoopee cushion or something like that. And the the, far, the, far, far. the, the talent goes to hit the, the foot pedal for the TPT and it makes a fart noise and everybody's just like, oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just like, screw all you people. You sh- First, this is stupid enough to where you shouldn't have done it. Second, you should never have put this online because it's that stupid. You're wasting time. Stop it. Yes. And I'd like to apologize to everyone. It's not my phone just went off. I actually just had a package delivered. It's 6.35 at night or 5.35 at night. Excuse me. So that, that was the doorbell sound right there. I didn't just get a text. I, I, I didn't hear it, but whatever. You didn't hear it? <laughs> You're breaking oh, the fourth so, wall. So Stop loud. it. <laughs> uh, I did that. Was That was pretty funny on another podcast. It was the cashing in with T.J. Miller where they asked the question, um, you know, UPS drivers, delivery men, or professional ding dong ditchers, <laughs> and I thought that was that was pretty accurate because they just ring the bell and walk away. Now, no matter how fast they get to the door, they're already halfway to their truck. So, what you're saying is, the next time I get, I see a UPS truck pull up in my driveway, I should expect a flaming bag on my front porch. Is that what we're getting at here? Well, you know, <laughs> it didn't always involve the flaming bag. Some people don't quite take it up to that level. You know, some some aren't as skilled as the Eric Cartmans of the world. So, but I thought it was an excellent point that was made. Um, you know, but now now I'll have to go outside and get the whatever stuff from Amazon I probably didn't need that I ordered. <laughs> so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I had one other thing yes. uh, where Jerry can make uh, we can question my manhood in the chat room. Um, my my three year anniversary is coming up on February fourth. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> so in case in case I hadn't mentioned that to you, I'm probably not going to be able to knock out the show that day. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> what what day is that again? <laughs> I have to look at my calendar with Elder. Oh, that figures. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure like, something I, out. I'll need to talk to you about that. <laughs> something of that nature. Now, because I have no fear that my fiance would actually listen to this show, and I mean, why would she? Please. So, you know. Actually, before before I before we go on, sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. You're, you have a free pass that week because I will be on assignment that week. So February fourth, okay. there will be no program at all. So hey, you're you're set there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that works out. Yeah. That works out well. Yeah. Um. But I've been, you know, um. As you know, that the anniversary is usually uh, the time where the present that is asked for is not something that is functional, but something you know fancy or shiny or something that they wouldn't necessarily buy for themselves because it would be splurging or something of that nature. Of course, you know. So this this year, um, one of the things that she's mentioned several times is that she needs a new bag. Now, I have. I have navigated my way through buying things like jewelry or uh, boots or things of that nature for uh, presents for her in the past. But I've always stayed away from handbags because as a guy, there's no time where I've ever looked at a woman and just be like, you know what? That's a really nice bag. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't. I've seen, you know, like boots that a woman women wear and be like, you know what? I think those are cool looking and I think they look great in them and, you know, when you develop a, a liking for that style of boot or something, maybe, you know, just because you notice that you, you know, you like the way it looks on them. Right. But I never notice a girl's bag. So I she'd been talking about how much she needs one. So I was I, I immediately threw my hands up in the air and was like, I'm going to need help on this. There's no way that I could do this on my own. And I got in touch with a friend of hers and said, look, I need help with this. And 
sure enough, we found one. But the funny moment that I had during this was she sent me, you know, she said, I think, that, you know, if you look for these certain characteristics, you might find something she likes. And uh, eventually uh, this friend of hers sent me a, a link to to a bag that I ended up buying for. Her, and I opened it and found myself IMing back to her. Oh, man, I really like this bag. And I felt so embarrassed and I felt like I needed to proceed to the Cinnabon at the food court at the virtual mall and eat like a quarter of it and then throw the rest <laughs> in the trash can because I felt guilty about it and then tie a sweatshirt or a sweater around my waist because my hiney's too big for the rest of the day. I was, it really was just like an embarrassing moment for a guy. I'm surprised that I haven't started mainlining bourbon for the rest of the day just to try and, you know, wash this out of my mind. You find yourself sitting there on the phone at like like five thirty in the afternoon with Lifetime on TV. You're like, Claudia is such a bitch. <laughs> Where did that come from? What yeah. what just happened to me? I don't know. <laughs> See, if I start talking about fat jeans anytime soon, Brian. You can put. You can just. I think you can. You can just go ahead and put me down. See, this is where I'm. I'm going into dangerous territory. I occasionally okay. on the program. We will go to Google image searches, no. um, probably to our detriment. And tonight's possibly dangerous Google image search, I am, go- I am Google image searching for woman handbag. Okay. Now, I would like to acknowledge that Jerry, uh, Jerry's remark in the chat room, where he, <laughs> he suggests that perhaps I could get a man bag so we could both use it. And, uh, <laughs> I can't. What am I supposed to say to that, Jerry? I've I, I've opened myself up with no recourse. Uh, I am a vulnerable in a very vulnerable position right now, uh, and just trying to get in touch with my feelings. So I really can't. Uh, I really can't respond to that because it it sounds accurate from what I've just described. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm going to send Actually, you. Do you have any? Do you have any like skinny bitch like uh, you know booze? <laughs> Skinny Ritos or something that I could sip while I do this section. <laughs> yeah, Ed. Ed actually, folks, he's he's kind of lying about next week. He's being modest. He can't appear on the program because he'll be taping an episode of the Bethany Frankel show. <laughs> oh man, I, <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say that I was performing it as like a drag show next week or something. <laughs> That's where I really thought that was going. He'll be again. What am I supposed to say at this point? You'll be dressing Queen Latifah for our next award show. Oh, good. A sensible button down in a nice pastel color. So now's now's the time on Sprockets when I I randomly send Ed an image and and wait for him to react to it. So here's that, and I'll I'll let you look that over, and I'll I'll wait for your reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know... (laughs) Here's what I thought, Ed. You know, react how – excuse me, react how you will. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel like this is uh, – this was the outfit that one of the teen moms was making uh, – was wearing when she uh, conceived and decided to make it into a purse. Oh, my what God. What do you think of that call? <laughs> that's, that's incredible. I like that. Um, what basically this is, uh, for none of you that are actually still listening at this point, uh, it, it's a denim bag that has some like ruffles, two layers of ruffles on it. Like, and I'm sure that you've probably seen a short skirt, um, you know, 
that a, that a woman has worn that is like this. Uh, but they're never one that look like they uh, they would be one to bring home to mama. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the one that that somehow winds up being turned upside down while you start hearing hearing the woman whispering sweet nothings to Diddy. That's usually about how that works. <laughs> oh, that's so scary. Oh, that, that this really took a turn. <laughs> Oh, good God. This is <laughs> award-worthy. That's what this program is. That's, it's free as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've i seen a lot of uh, – the other thing that I've thought of as I've done this is that um, my Amazon recommendations are going to be screwed up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to make sure that this was the case – I have just gone to Amazon. Uh, I am logged in. And as I go down here, uh, sure enough, more items to consider, all bags. Related items to what you viewed, three handbags. Inspired by your browsing history, three handbags. Additional items to explore, three more handbags. So uh, which one of those is made out of Kim Cattrall's face? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) That's a great question. Oh man! Be, uh, before we move on, I'll send you one more random image, and I'll uh, I'll let you look it over. <laughs> okay. Boy, uh, that looks like it was made out of the. Uh... God, where I'm trying to think of what movie it was. Reminds me of someone's jacket. <laughs> it looks like a prop from Easy Rider. I think. I think <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> It's like they bottled this purse on the back of someone's uh, someone's Harley, you know. And they're like, "Oh, this is super cool." Oh no, it's not because it was an orange and it's got, you know, leather tassels. See, see, you would buy that at 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 a Harley Davidson store with a shirt that says, "If you can read this, the bitch fell off." That's that's pretty much the way you you yeah. buy that as like assless chaps with that T-shirt. Well, you know, the thing is, is what I'm really what I'm really scared is that please tell me that they at least print that on the back of the shirt. They do. OK, good, because I'm waiting for the run where they put it on the front and it just makes no sense. <laughs> Actually, if you uh, if you visit our friends at San Diego, Harley Davidson, I guarantee you they have one. Don't count on me making that trip anytime soon. <laughs> we support our trips. They're- they 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 seem like nice people. I have nothing against them. I just I'm not in I'm not into the Harleys. What can I say? Yeah. Well. Um, but the the flip side though, I mean, we were talking you know about anniversary presents, and I I I find myself in this point at this point I should say when I'm asked about gifts, pretty much always. Inevitably, I find myself thinking I have no idea what you should get me. And this seems to have happened in the last few years, but I was talking about with you earlier, and I just was saying that, look, I figure if there's some sort of toy I want, I usually just go get it. So by the time it's a gift-giving time, I already just went and, you know, squandered money on something at this point, and I don't have it left as a gift option. So I, I inevitably end up suggesting something practical, which is completely the opposite of how she views this process. She wants something she would never buy for herself. Me, I'm just like, uh, yeah, I probably don't want to buy myself a new pair of brown shoes. So why don't you give me a pair of brown shoes? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's there the there you go. There's get, get the man bag. That's that's the perfect time for you to get the man bag. 
Now, I don't need a man bag, Brian. I have so <laughs> much freaking luggage. One of the things that I just remembered is outside this door right now is a backpack. It was like a $120 backpack on Amazon that they had on sale for 35 bucks. And I was like, yeah, that's a really cool bag. I've seen people with those. They love them. Yeah, why not? I, the last thing I need is any kind of luggage. But, by the that's way, that's the thing I need. Again, we don't advertise products on this program, but, but you were talking about uh, backpacks, and it reminded me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these airbag backpacks where they have like you know little air pockets in the uh, in the oh. actual backpack. I bought one of those things for fourteen bucks on clearance. It's normally like a hundred thirty nine dollar bag or something like that. I bought it for fourteen bucks on clearance, and that thing is baller. If you can find one, get it seriously. Right, Brian. Well, if you wanted to go out for extreme couponing, why don't you just say so? You're stealing my thunder, dick. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. See what you, what you could do. Just think of. The one thing that you really want but would never buy yourself for whatever reason. I, and see, this is tough to do. Um, you know, I, I've I found myself dealing with my dad around Christmas time because I, I go to buy him stuff and he's just like, oh, I don't need anything. So I, I always try to come up with something. And I, I hate buying practical stuff too. But just, just think of something that is a combination of practical and symbolic of the baller lifestyle. There has to be something out there. Well, the the thing I finally threw out to her was a uh, like a wireless speaker, like Sonos or something along those lines. And, and there are tons now that are real high quality, you know, Bluetooth speakers that you could, you know, we we have a, ba- a covered back patio that we could, you know, put that out there and be really nice because I mean that's actually where our dining table is. And living in San Diego, you can get away with doing something like that, you know, because the weather's so awesome. I don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna send you that picture of my weather app now, actually. So thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> so that was something I threw out to her, or um, I mentioned actually this microphone that I, I sent to you earlier, right? That you know you mentioned that is supposed to be pretty good. Yes. Um. So I, I kind of gave her a couple suggestions, but at the same time, there's always something that she has in mind like oh i'd like to get this if i ask her what what she wants as a present like i have an answer right away and i never have an answer for her. i found myself looking up best gifts for guys to- <laughs> <laughs> because i'm a total idiot what do you want i don't know i'm gonna, I'm gonna google what i should want wait this stuff's all dumb see i have found it i have the ultimate combination of the baller lifestyle and something practical. Okay. Uh, you know at Costco where they have the the outdoor speakers that are fashioned to look like garden rocks? Oh, yeah. There you go. You can have your outdoor speaker, and it's something practical because it looks like a rock. <laughs> it looks like a rock. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to go. <laughs> you Maybe can, that's the way to go. You can bump tunes and not harm your garden decor. You know, this is, and, and this is this is not something. This is not something that I I said that I wanted, but I just was more wow. Uh, everything is now Wi-Fi enabled. Do you know that they have now made a Wi-Fi enabled crockpot? Um, no. <laughs> I, this I mean this amused me to no end. Belkin makes a wireless or a Wi-Fi enabled crockpot, so you can turn it on or off through it. Through an app on your phone, um, <laughs> or adjust temperatures, or, or things of that nature, and uh, man, you got to be really serious about your stews in order to justify that purchase. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
Well, if you were on that soup cleanse from Dr. Oz, there you go. Yeah, I You're guess so. Maybe that's the way to go. I just need to slow cook this cucumber dill bisque. What you could do is get like a waterproof TV for your bathroom or something. Waterproof TV? They make them. <laughs> do they? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm not getting it, but that's I'm, – I'm, <laughs> I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, you could shower every morning and have Chrissy Russo tell you about the weather and traffic on the fives. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could – uh, it really kind of has gotten to the point, though, where <laughs> Chrissy's Chrissy's great. Um, she did our pregame show for a few years, at Channel Four, but I I don't find that her weather forecasts are necessarily all that accurate. <laughs> I've kind of gotten to the point where she's like, "Oh, it's going to rain in two days." That I assume it's going to be a time to run on the beach. You know, I mean, I'm just whatever you're saying, I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> Can you imagine, like? How many casinos would line up to host like a, a meteorologist convention because they they'd all be wrong all the time and they'd all they'd all come in and like you know throw their entire bankroll on thirty one red and it comes up like two black or something like that they would make money hand over fist. All of my computer projections are showing that this is going <laughs> to end up on red. I am putting all my money on red and that's your forecast. I'm going home. <laughs> For Channel Five weather, I'm Skip Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just reminded me of, of uh, this is another podcast, but I, I listened to a, a You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes, and his guest was Kirk Fox. <laughs> okay. And you know who Kirk Fox is, uh, right? I do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Host of The Test. Uh, <laughs> yes. He, he, was, he was a really weird dude. Uh, I mean, not that I wasn't entertained, because um, I, was, I was highly entertained that he kept throwing to break after every one of his jokes. Uh, <laughs> Which was great. That was fantastic. He'd just drop a good one-liner in there. We'll be right back. Um, but it, it, it was it was a weird thing because I had literally never heard the guy talk before because this is a show that, like Nancy Grace, I have never actually <laughs> seen other than at the gym. Okay. And I've never actually turned on the sound. So it was really weird listening to this hour and a half with a guy where you've seen his show probably, you know, two dozen times on the TV and never heard him talk. Isn't that odd? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I didn't, I didn't know you had a voice. Wait a minute. Now the thing was, is I, I actually, I, I kind of wanted to watch his show more after it because he just was a weird, weird dude. <laughs> so I wonder if he's that odd on the show when they're trying to, you know, he said that they, they try to deal with issues and that people's lives have been changed because of the results of the tests. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that that may be the case, but he was just so out there. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I, um, I would say check it out if that was something you wanted to check out, just to hear him continually throw to break. That yeah. was pretty funny. Check it out, check it outers. Yeah, uh, yep. that, that reminds me. Uh, my dad was asking about a bowling ball with its own bag. I, I can totally picture you asking for a big Earn McCracken model bowling ball. The rose? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I figured you were just walking me right in for another crack on uh, my lack of manhood, my <laughs> flower, my floral themed bowling well, ball. Well, fine um, then. Go to a Big Lebowski themed bowling ball. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever you want to know. That is actually. Um, I mean, could you imagine that if you got a bowling ball with the dude's face on it? <laughs> the only guy who doesn't bowl in that movie, by the way. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to he have. Doesn't... Yeah, it, people come up to your to your you know bowling ball and look at it, and can you imagine how many times you'd have to have the uh, the dude abides drop? Yeah, seriously. 
Yeah. Every time you pick up a lucky spare, dude abides. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that you know that he is the only star that, you know, John Goodman bowls, Buscemi bowls, uh, you know, obviously the Jesus, he rolls. But the dude never actually throws a, a, a ball. We'll be back with more movie trivia here on Did yeah, I Make Air. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> a very pregnant pause. <laughs> you want to learn, we'll learn how to make a hot gazpacho recipe? Stay tuned for more of Did That Make Air. Yeah. Um, actually, surprisingly, I have a bunch of callbacks tonight. A bunch of callback stories. And we'll get to some of them probably. But uh, it, it, it occurs to me that we should probably get into some of these callbacks because, you know, this program has become all about callbacks. So, well, do you have to hit your music topic before or after this? Uh, after is fine. After this, okay. Yeah, um, we can wind down the program with that. Uh, you may recall we had a wedding proposal on the way to jail on this program. Uh, I believe it was last week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the guy knew the cop's first name, which yeah. is awesome. Um, we have another one. No way. We do. <laughs> uh, a New Hampshire man. We're have to, because because we have two, we're going to have to judge which is our favorite. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> we'll have a hashtag on Twitter and maybe we can have a show. <laughs> what's, what's the hashtag on Twitter? <laughs> Real jail proposals? Is that, is that what that is? I, is there? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of hashtags I don't know about. Like you told me about one a few weeks ago. I was stunned I didn't know. We don't get into what it was. But, I mean, there are a lot of hashtags out there. Well, you know, see – the thing about Twitter that just blows me away is the fact that they've started incorporating when something is trending into a sports telecast, as if that matters. <laughs> WWE is the worst about it. Yeah, I haven't been watching a whole lot of WWE, but when it popped up on some ESPN college football earlier this year, you know, it was like now trending Florida State, and it's like, okay, I, I'm watching the game already. Why? You're already you're selling you're telling me to watch this game closer. I'm already watching. What do you want me to do? By the way, uh, speaking of WWE, let me just throw this out there. Uh, New Age Outlaws were tag team champions the other night. This is 2013 or 14, and the New Age Outlaws were the tag team champions. Now, the thing was is when they were first a uh, a tag team, and this is you know late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? Right. Jesse James couldn't wrestle then. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed him. He was there to work the mic, and he did a great job of it. But he, when he, when they had to tag him in, like that was the time for a distraction or for somebody to get hit with a chair or something weird to happen because his wrestling is not good. And I'm not saying that to, again. Like, I get it. I understand his role. But it was painful to watch him fire his little like off balance jab things that were his. Like, that was the closest <laughs> thing he had to a signature move. So I'm just wondering what what do you think his ring skills are like these days? <laughs> See, I can picture like you know Macklemore fighting somebody after the Grammys, and that's the kind of kind of punches he would throw. That's that's where I would go with that. But then again, I've said too much. I hope so. I mean, I just hope that you know all the Seahawks fans can be out there to support Macklemore. The uh, the hilarious thing by the. <laughs> The hilarious thing, by the way, uh, badass Billy Gunn. You talk about somebody that can't wrestle. That guy gets in the ring. He goes through like two moves, and he's immediately blown up. He's like gasping for air after just a couple of moves. That guy is a baller. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing was is they were they were an enjoyable and entertaining tag team. They really were. <laughs> well, I, I had to laugh 
because they came out uh, during like raw old school or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, Jesse James come out and comes out and works the mic like he always does and everything else. And uh, then he, he goes to throw to Billy Gunn and Billy Gunn looks at him all confused. He's like, oh, you're going to let me actually do my part. <laughs> it's just like, you guys are like 74. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Broken hip. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, <laughs> are they going to come out to like work the mic and be like, it's way past our bedtime. <laughs> Does anyone have any Sanka? <laughs> uh, you know, it's yeah. yeah but I, yeah, that, that, that really takes me back. Um, it really does. <laughs> I mean, all of the, the, you know, is D-Generation X going to come back too? <laughs> I'm, I don't think that X-Pac is ever coming back from his sex tape with Chima, China. China? China. <laughs> Whoever China is too, if he had sex tape with that person. <laughs> one, <laughs> one night in China sounds like something you'd see on like, you know, Cinemax at 3.15 in the morning. It might be. Uh, one night in China was scary too. I never saw it. I just could imagine. <laughs> the other thing was did you ever see you know don't worry we'll keep up this wrestling tangent until we get back to jail proposals but yeah right but the thing i wanted to say is do you remember how much they attempted to clean up china from the time that she started to like when she made her playboy appearance yeah dude they cut her adam's apple out and everything dude they did a lot <laughs> of on that grill piece <laughs> yes yes they did <laughs> i mean like that was there was some major work done. Like not just you know oh we're gonna try a new shade of blush. It's a little more serious than that. I yeah, think. if you if you saw her back when she first joined the WWE, she had like you know the the square shoulders and the square jaw and the bad hair and the bulge in her pants and all that stuff. And then they they really went to town on her. Yeah, the the manly jaw was the most disconcerting. It really was. But by, by the way, uh, this is this is not a sports program. But my father asking in the chat room about Virginia and Notre Dame. They're on ESPNU, which he doesn't have. So that's that's a hang with him. That's a tough day in the big leagues for him. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to jail proposals. Since we have two of them, uh, dare two I today? No, 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 two total. Um, okay. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really excited. Do, do I need the uh, the People's Court music bed, or do we want to go without it? I think that's a gut call. You just you know. Uh, well, take a deep breath, think about it, and then just go ahead with the story whatever way you'd like. Okay. Uh, uh, what the hell? A New Hampshire man proposed to his girlfriend, but not before involving the town's police chief and giving the bride-to-be one unforgettable run-in with the law. That sounds dirty. <laughs> In September, Matt Van Vliet and his now fiance Samantha Labo were on their way to a farewell dinner with friends when police pulled them over. The bride-to-be will never forget what came next. <laughs> as long as it wasn't him. In a... Uh, um, <laughs> what? This, this, there are just so many things that seem like they're about to go really wrong <laughs> with this story. There are many things that are about to go wrong with this story. If only I could play this music bad throughout the entire thing. Uh, in a dash cam police video that recorded the encounter and was posted on YouTube... New London, New Hampshire Police Chief Edward G. Anderson and his partner approached the vehicle and asked Van Vliet for his license and registration. Labo said her boyfriend didn't ask why they got pulled over when they were going the speed limit, so she was curious because it was her car. In the background on the video, Labo can be heard asking the officer why they were pulled over. The officer responded with a rude remark. Ooh, rude. 
that guy was a real jerk. So anyway, <laughs> uh, he was just really rude to me the whole time. So I started like crying because I didn't understand why he was being so mean. Labosa. Uh huh. Like yeah. <laughs> like oh my god. When like, the yeah. when the officers returned from their car, they told Van Vliet there was a warrant for his arrest. Oh no! I, I'm so <laughs> so worried. This is going to be way more cheesy than I ever could have imagined. Quote. I bawled, said Labo, who told CNN that the night before she went out for a girl's night out and her boyfriend had a night out with the guys. I had uh-huh. I had no idea why they weren't answering my questions. They made me step out of the car, too. It was just crazy, the whole experience, she said. She continues, in my mind, I was so scared. I didn't know if this, if this was a mistake. But then again, I was like, what did you do last night? What did you guys do? It was just, like, absolutely terrifying, unquote. Drink every time she says like. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not die. Uh <laughs> While the police officer was handcuffing Van Vliet, the officer did a quick pat-down and found a ring box. The vi- oh, boy. The video shows him taking the box out of Van Vliet's pocket and asking him what it is. Van Vliet then takes the ring from the officer and walks over to Labo, who is hysterically crying at this point. Van Vliet gets down on one knee and asks her to marry him. That's awful. This is just awful. This is awful for so many reasons. Did you just want to make sure she'd cry because she doesn't really love you? <laughs> it gets worse. <sighs> Van Vliet and Labo met when they were arrested at an underage drinking party in their freshman year at Colby Sawyer College in New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> is it... the local chief of police the guy that arrested them? <laughs> is it a stroll down memory lane? Did they get to spend their, their engagement night in, in a cell? He's, uh, he's catching on, ladies and gentlemen. After a, after a breathalyzer test showed no alcohol, they were let go, but they continued talking and began dating a month later. Why didn't they make this into How I Met Your Mother? So when he decided to propose to his girlfriend of four years, Van Vliet reached out to the officer who arrested them. Quote, at first I was going to say no because it's not something you would typically do or get involved in, but because of the involvement of how they met, I felt compelled, unquote, Anderson said. Yes, and also Anderson added, I'd like to misappropriate some police resources this evening. (laughs) Uh, Anderson said when Van Vliet called with a request, he told Anderson that if the two hadn't been arrested, they wouldn't wouldn't have been together. While Anderson agreed to, or when Anderson agreed to help, Van Vliet also asked the officer to get Labo, quote, wound up, unquote. I, I hope you enjoyed a punch to the grill with a <laughs> ring mark on your forehead. <laughs> quote, I felt honored to do it for them. It's nice to do something fun, unquote, said Anderson, who made the arrest, finger quotes, on his own time. <laughs> oh, on his own time? Yeah. What else do you, do, you, do you throw the sirens on, the disco lights in your car on, in your own, you know, just privately? Do that on a regular basis? Uh, Anderson said he's never done anything like this in his 20 years on the force, and it would take a unique situation to do anything like that again. Quote, I was just in shock. I wasn't expecting it at all, said Labo. He put so much planning into it, and the fact that he planned everything with the cop was just amazing. I was completely (laughs) ecstatic, unquote. Oh, that's... Oh, that's so that's really just a disturbing thing. <laughs> you thought this was a good idea, sir. I think that, um, you know, this is far more original then, but uh, you, you, this is as bad as Jumbotron proposal guy. <laughs> Sorry. Instead of kiss cam, you could have dash cam. <sighs> yeah. Here's our proposal video. It's got the time code stamp in the lower corners. It's got the police stamp in the other corner. 
grainy, can't really hear what's going on. <laughs> he gets out you of the see car. The officer looking back from the from the driver's side, where he's just taken, you know, whatever this Van Vliet or whatever his name is, out of the car, and he's got him, you know, in the squad car. She's crying hysterically, and you see the officer turn around and make like an okay motion to the squad car dash cam. <laughs> he gets out of the car. Get on the ground, mother. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> but I want to get her wound up, so I got you some blanks. Oh my god! What did I do? Oh, nothing. He was arrested <laughs> by your love. Oh god! <laughs> I, I thought that was coming. Was that not in the copy? Uh, oh god! Jeez. Really. You couldn't just get a guy who's, you know, a wannabe actor or artist that lives in your area who owns a Velcro <laughs> cop uniform to come do this for you. <laughs> a stripper, something like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was implying. <laughs> Jeez. Um, for those of you who are looking I, to find, by the way. My, my favorite jail proposal story is the one last week. That yeah, was real. I'm, I'm that was from that. the heart. <laughs> That's how you know that it's real when there's actually a jail proposal. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are looking to possibly propose to your paramour from prison, check out that alliteration. Nice. You, you won't find that from somebody who's not professionally trained. That's true. This from the Daily Dot. Ladies, if you're sick of douchey alpha schmucks throwing wads of cash at your chest... An intimate slang called... <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> if you're sick of douchey alphas throwing wads of cash at your chest... Yes, douchey alpha schmucks. Which, by the way, is a damn good fantasy football name. The douchey alpha schmucks. Alpha schmucks. What if you could draft your team based on that? You could have, like, Cutler as your QB. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know who you'd have as a running back. That might be a problem. Chris Johnson. Uh, wide receiver would be pretty easy. You don't give Johnson any credit for playing through a torn meniscus all year? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That puts that out there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, please, I, that just uh, that lead caught me way off guard. Yeah, let me, uh, let me start back over. Ladies, if you're sick of douchey alpha schmucks throwing wads of cash at your chest, an intimate line called Ravageur has a product you'll literally never be able to take off. The modern-day chastity belt is here, and it's a bra called the True Love Tester. Okay. <laughs> I just like, what is happening right now? I don't even... <laughs> the sound of disbelief in your voice is just <laughs> tangible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the company apparently collaborated with human sexuality specialists in Japan... To create a, quote, revolutionary new bra that knows how, wi how women truly feel, unquote. Right. It, yeah. <laughs> the belief is, the disbelief, rather, is still there and it's very strong at this point. It, uh, it measures your heart rate to determine if you're really into a person. If you're sufficiently turned on or high on cocaine, it points out, the bra unlatches. Now... <laughs> So, honestly, if I'm thinking of the, the perfect target market for this, <laughs> I'm serious, though. When I say it, I have an actual practical 
Lindsay place. Lohan? <laughs> no, 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 no. If you are a wealthy guy who's afraid of being, uh, you know, caught up by a gold digger, isn't this what you use to weed them out? Isn't fair. this like a human lie detector test, basically? Uh, that's that's fair. Or someone, or if you're scared that someone has a cocaine habit, apparently. <laughs> I know, that's my other guess. I, those are my two thoughts. They, they have Maury. It's like, you know, Janine says she's in love with you. That was a lie. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah. Have you been doing cocaine anymore? The test says the bra came off. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Why do you even have to call in a polygraph person for shows like the test anymore? You don't. There's... Just, <laughs> There's a video ad for this, and, and really, I, I feel kind of neglectful that I didn't grab the audio from it. But it says, women always seek true love. I believe this bra will become a friend to women around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's not bulky at all, by the way. I'm sure that it's not. <laughs> yeah, they, they point out that it doesn't fit. Yeah, I'd imagine it doesn't. You're trying to – I mean it... – <laughs> Not that I discuss this with too many women, but I, I've never heard a, I've never heard a woman say to me just like, "Man, I feel so comfortable now that I've put this bra on." It's a restrictive device by nature. I mean, so you've added a bunch of electronics to it. I, I'm sure that'll just enhance the comfortability of it. <laughs> they, uh, it's it, they say that it's not currently for sale. However. If you purchase over 5,000 yen or $50 U.S. worth of Ravageur lingerie, you can enter to win a chance to test it out. At hotels in six different cities across Japan, they will select five lucky couples to do this. You're lucky because you get to be part of their marketing research? <laughs> exactly. Yes! <laughs> so happy to be part of a study where I'm not even really compensated for it. Um, cool. This this is something else we need to insert as a regular segment in the program, by the way. Uh, something where we start looking at a link for one thing and some other link completely distracts us because we have ADD. Um, okay. So this is the random link at which we arrived from an actual planned link on the program. Uh, this, this story says... Butt selfies have recently been thrust into the Internet's collective consciousness, and one of the most prominent figures is Instagram fitness blogger Jen Selter. The 20-year-old New Yorker currently holds the title for world's most Instagrammed ass. I'm, I'm actually aware of her. Uh, <laughs> what? Because I think I, fell down, I think I fell down the same kind of you know, wormhole that you just did. Where I, I saw this on a, like the bottom of a page of another article I was reading. I'm like, all right, I'll bite. Who has the world's most Instagrammed ass? <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying it's true. <laughs> not like not like the people who post pictures of themselves eating food. They <laughs> they are <laughs> the most Instagrammed ass. Yeah, that's that's also a good point. Um, but you know, uh, I do remember reading the article that I found about this person, and she was just talking about how she hopes to be like the new Kim Kardashian. And I was like, no, you, you have to do a sex tape to get your name out there. First is the playbook. Like you don't have a following. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to get naked sooner or later. You understand that, right? <laughs> yeah. She, um, she gave a video interview 
And uh, I just wanted to cite this one quote because, again, this is an ADD story. We don't want to get too far off uh, off track here. But she says, quote, with every picture I add, if it has a little butt in it, I get fake butt, butt implants, and Photoshop. I could go on and on. It doesn't offend me. I know my butt is real and it's hard work. You can't fake fitness, unquote. I don't know. All the stories I've heard of people uh, doing Hollywood movies where they have to draw on your abs would kind of contradict your story. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, you, you keep doing your thing, no pun intended, as I just realized I started the sentence with but. <laughs> harf, harf, harf. But, yeah, it's, um, I mean, is that something you put on a resume? <laughs> World's most Instagrammed ass. Right. So, I mean, what does that title do for you? <laughs> I took it from Jen Sturger. Yeah, I mean, the other part of it, too, is I remember in this article her saying something about, like, it's gotten to the point where people are stopping me on the street. Like, From the sampling of photos that came with this article, your face wasn't really heavily involved in them. So how does that happen? (laughs) I mean, are people walking up behind you with, like, their heads cocked to the side? Bunch of dudes who look like they haven't showered in a few days, maybe just, like, leering at you. How did that? That doesn't. That doesn't seem good that you're being recognized from this. The, the question of, you know, are you 5'3 was never asked here. I, you know, I maybe, I mean. No no anaconda drops anywhere in this? Style 1-900 mix a lot. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, do you remember uh, when they used to show that video in the 90s? Do you remember where they used to beep out 1-900 mix a lot? Yeah, because actually I do. Because little kids were calling that number. And they were they were saying, "Oh, that's we can't have people calling 900." So they they beeped out one 900 mix a lot. Oh well, I'm sure that people didn't know what he was talking about because yeah. the song was hadn't been out or anything when they made that decision. Yeah, they, they beep they beeped out call and the one 900 they had as as phone sound. Gotcha. Yeah. Was that your music topic, by the way? <laughs> no, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, um, I did have one thing I needed to mention. Yes. Uh, because we've made a few references to reality shows right. in the last little while. Right. And I wrote this down to come back to you later. So before I forget, uh, I've discovered a new drinking game that you can play watching any uh, reality show. Okay. Now, obviously, I've mentioned before that I've been exposed to plenty of Bravo, Bravo television, you know. But a, a drinking game, if you'd like to play it, and be careful what you choose to drink with, is drink every time that someone on this reality show says they're done. That's the only rule. That's all you need to go by. Inevitably, at least once an episode, there is a fight, and then it is ended with a flurry of someone saying, I'm done. I'm just done. I can't take it anymore. I'm done. And it will be said about eight times in a few minutes. So be careful if you use hard alcohol for this game because you might pass out um, very easily. <laughs> but do you, I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? Haven't you seen this? This is everywhere now. Everyone who gets frustrated and has to walk away just is like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with this. I, I don't know how that 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 really started to take hold. Um, but it's everywhere. Southern Cal- like yeah, <laughs> Southern California resident Ed Barnes was found dead in his home today with a bottle of 151 by his side and Braxton family values on the television. <laughs> that sounds. Um, I feel bad for my not real self in that scenario. <laughs> 
you died watching Braxton Family Values. With a uh, bottle of 151, no less. Oh, no. See, <laughs> the, the Braxton Family Values is more of the problem, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, uh... I mentioned, by the way, and um, while we're doing this, you should probably think of a good title for the program because we're an hour and change in, and I still don't have one. So uh, hmm. I, I've named the last few shows. If you have any ideas, I, I, this is a I mean, uh, I, I think it's quite. A, I think it's quite apparent, actually. Okay, it's the douchey alpha schmucks. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a damn good idea. I like that <laughs> episode. What are we, episode eighteen, right? Nineteen. Nineteen. God. Time flies. So episode 19, douchey alpha schmucks. <laughs> Our program is old enough to uh, end up face down on a pool table in a frat house. Yeah. How about uh, that? That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty special. <laughs> I, uh, I mentioned we had more fart stories per capita on this program than we've ever had, uh, which would be two. So All right. story number one, Dateline Berlin. Methane gas from 90 flatulent cows exploded in a German farm shed on Monday, damaging the roof and injuring one of the animals, police said. Now, I know all about this phenomenon. <laughs> okay. Uh, from various, I mean, from a few different places, but I, I do remember learning in school about how, you know, livestock and uh, can be a tremendous source of methane gas, which is harmful to the environment, actually. <laughs> Yeah, they make such um, so, good cheeseburgers. Yeah, they, well, they do. They do. <laughs> I had one yesterday at my favorite burger in, in San Diego, and pretty much one of my, if not my favorite burger ever, has to be up there. It's this place called Rocky's Crown Pub, um, and it is fantastic. It's this little hole in the wall that's got nothing but like wood paneling on the inside. Guy Fieri loves they, that place. That and that and Hodad's. Guy Fieri's talked about Rocky's. Yes, he has. Are you serious? Yes. Now, now you can't ever eat there again. <laughs> Damn it. Guy. <laughs> You've taken my joy. Good location scouts. <laughs> All right? I know it's not your choice either. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your cheeseburger nirvana. Now I'm going to end up Googling that. And I'll probably <laughs> visit her out of this situation just because I'm bitter. <sighs> anyway, uh, Dara, Dara I continue with this. what else happened. I don't know. I going to say you. Ryan, I'm distraught. Uh, high levels of the gas had built up in the structure in the central German town of Rasdorf. Then, quote, a static electric charge caused the gas to explode with flashes of flames, unquote. It was said in a statement. Is this the next level of warfare? Uh, probably because... Yeah, like, uh, you know, thousands of cattle but say, oh, just please keep them in this enclosed pen as they uh, <laughs> they get a little crazy. And then next thing you know, you just got to put a match out there and it blows up whatever town you're trying to take over. Yeah. Uh, one cow, by the way, was treated for burns, just so you know. Well, um, you know, what, did they need to put them back on the flame in order to get them to medium <laughs> rare or what? <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> He didn't have good enough grill marks on him, so they had to put him back on. We're going to have to put him back and let him brine for a while. <laughs> so there's uh, there's fart story number one. Uh, fart story and uh, – I thought like, our first fart story was the cleanse you went into. Uh, yeah, probably. So maybe <laughs> fart story – I guess that was fart story number two. Two. Uh, oh, I get it. Ah. I get it. You see where I went there? Yeah. Um. Here's fart story number three, uh, and this courtesy of my father, of course. A singer with the Nashville Opera Company is suing the federal government, saying a botched childbirth operation at a military post 
has caused flatulence and incontinence and threatened her career. First two are bad enough, but to add that it threatened your career, that's not good times. Uh, no, not so much. Uh, Amy Herbst and her husband, former Army Staff Sergeant James Herbst, claim a nurse midwife at Blanchfield Army Community Hospital at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, caused her injuries during the birth of her son in February 2012 when the nurse performed an episiotomy to enlarge the birth opening. Ow. Did, didn't need to hear that. No. Didn't. Brian, what, what made you want to choose this story? Well, it, it's, it gets better. Um, the couple who lives in Cincinnati claims the nurse made the incision during the second stage of Herbst's labor without informing Herbst or getting her consent. During a follow-up visit, another, another nurse told Herbst attempts to repair the incision had been unsuccessful. Herbst alleges she is unable to work as a professional opera singer as a result of incontinence and excessive gas, the lawsuit says. Dude. <laughs> it gets better? Yes, it's better. Imagine, imagine an opera singer farting throughout the entire performance. <laughs> I would go to that opera. I, I'm not an opera well, person. I would go to that one. Is that... Gosh, <laughs> oh, I, 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 oh, I now see a headshot of, uh, I can't find her name, but I see her picture staring back at me. Hey, uh, I got, got me a row in Last Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, um, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of amazing. She can no longer perform without passing gas. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is this is kind of sad, though, <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, it sounds like it's ex actually screwing up her life a great deal. <laughs> I feel kind of bad about this. But um, I see that they're seeking $2.5 million damages. Um, and quite frankly, I'm surprised that that number is not higher. Uh, actually, I would figure it would harm her husband's life more than it would harm hers. Just saying. Excellent, excellent point. <laughs> The guy's like, I'm going to take up smoking to see if I can lose my sense of smell. <laughs> uh, an attorney for Herbst, Charles M. Allen of Glen Allen, Virginia, said in an email that Herbst will not be able to perform until the injury is repaired by surgery. The couple have delayed the surgery until they decide whether to have more children, Allen said. I would think you just want to get that fixed. <laughs> Call me crazy on that one, but I would think that every day that you put this surgery off, I mean, if it's affecting your life as, as much as you're saying, you'd want it fixed more than you want to wait for kids. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> See, the question I would have, and, you know, maybe this is my being too practical and everything, but, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you turn the lights down low and it's like, so... Uh, what do you say we get down to business and conceive another child here? <laughs> what do you think? Um, I, you know, I was just more thinking that one of the taboo questions in that relationship might be, do you want to go to Casa Bonita for dinner tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and imagine they don't eat a whole lot of Mexican, just saying. I'm guessing. Yeah, just maybe. <laughs> just maybe. Yeah, this is the Because We're 12 uh, portion of the program, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, hey, we're going over to the Johnsons for dinner. They're making black beans. Oh no, <laughs> black bean soup. Oh boy, sweetie, might need to stop and. Yeah. Um, her her incontinence makes performing with any regularity impossible. He wrote. 
That's that's her uh, lawyer. By the way, get it? Uh, her incontinence keeps her from performing with regularity. <laughs> oui. Yeah. Man, this wordplay, that's stuff that's all going to be remembered by prune companies everywhere. hey <laughs> uh, Under Federal Tort Claims Act, the government has waimed, waimed, waived sovereign immunity. Use take two. If a tortious act of a federal employee causes damage. Wait, repeat that again. That didn't quite make sense. Uh, under the concept of sovereign immunity, in which the government may not be sued without its permission for acts taken on behalf of it, most people okay. have high legal hurdles to cross to bring a lawsuit. Under, yes. fe- under Federal Tort Claims Act, the government has waived sovereign immunity if a tortious act of a federal employee causes damage. Hmm. All right. Well, that sounds like a really fun legal conundrum for whatever firm has been retained. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're just like seeing dollar signs in front of their faces. Well, this is going to take a lot of research here to figure out how we can get around all these sovereign immunity statutes. <laughs> We're going to have to bill you about 7,000 hours this month. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man, but uh, after reviewing the facts, I'm afraid I'm going to have to dismiss this case. Again, because we're 12. Yep. I mean, the first firm that they went to told her, we we think your case is crap. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, uh yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, good times. We made fun of someone that's got life-threatening or uh, lifelong injuries. Good for us. Yeah, they they can't have kids because they might fart on their husband. (laughs) Whatever. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's true. Hey, do we have time for the music topic that I've been asking you about for the last uh, hour or so? Of, of course we do. And, and you know what? If, if we don't want to do sports again tonight because we're both bitter about it, screw it. We'll, we'll make sports <laughs> wait. I don't care. I'd rather talk about stupid stuff than I would talk about Richard Sherman anyway. Stupid sports-related stuff versus <laughs> stupid everything stuff. Uh, well, let's, let's give a stupid sports story before we continue. Um, this from our friends over at Kissing Susie Culber earlier today. The fan names baby after favorite football team or player stories a hallmark of NFL coverage just a few months ago. Some Packers fans named their injured newborn after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Seahawks fans are hardly impervious to the phenomenon, and so Sidney Lee, 12th man, has been brought into this world, weighed down with a terrible fan base-inspired name, doomed to a lifetime of where-did-your-other-11-men-go jokes. And that's after people have to digest the spelling of her first name, C-Y-D-N-E-E. I've never met these people, and I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Her her name is Sydney Lee Twelfth One Two T H Man M A N N. By the time she gets into her twenties, how many times do you think some drunk guy is going to be like, "Can I be the twelfth man?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I'm> five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awful. I, uh, you know, I realize the more dumb jokes we make, the more I'm going to have to add uh, different sounds to this program because, hey, it's already a wacky morning zoo as it is. Anyway. I, I don't know. I just hope that we can find something enough of a sports show that is going to involve defense. That's really all I'm hoping for. That's all I want every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, of course, we can't go five minutes without hearing this. Jackie Nation. 
Make some noise for your That gets me fired up. Yes, it does. The illustrious John Allen. Love that dude. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter why. (laughs) Fired up. (laughs) See, what's bad is I I got used to hearing that at A&T football games. And for those of you, by the way, who've never been to North Carolina A&T, you need to go. Um, But hearing that at a basketball game, like there's a shot clock violation or something like that. And then all of a sudden, like the the 35-second shot clock runs out and the buzzer sounds and instantly I hear this. Jaggy Nation, make some noise for your anti-defense. Love that. Yes, I do. And, of course, the bad thing, too, you know, when you go to a football game up there, they have, for every third down, they have, like, uh, you know, different players appearing on the screen saying stuff. And then there's this, this one guy who appears, and he's like, Aggie Nation, I can't hear you like that. And then a bunch of people start making noise. And I'm just like, really? I love you guys, but no, stop it. Sounds like Dan Smith from BYU decided to do that video. (laughs) Hey, you guys. Get up on your feet and make some noise. Go Aggies. Um, So what I was thinking. Yes. And I don't know why I haven't thought of this before, mm-hmm. but the functionality to add your own chants to various video games is out there. Yes, it is. I know that because I um, I found this out and during a stretch of time where I had way too much time on my hands, probably right after a baseball season, uh, when I pretty much would just take the month off and not do anything because I was so sick of traveling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember uploading like some songs. So every time I would you know, score a goal on FIFA, a certain song would play. You know, total waste of time. But that that piece of sound would not be a waste of time. No, absolutely not. Uploading that to a game where when you got to third down, you know, instead of the terrible like you know full gain Marshall amp Gibson guitar slide that they play, you know, Foxborough whenever the Patriots <laughs> have a third down. Yeah, you know, I, like what? I don't know what that is. I don't know where it started, but I hate it. Same here. But I mean, there are so many. Everyone has their third down, make some noise for the defense thing now. Um, and if I could hear that every time my defense had a third down, I would get fired up. Jaggy Nation, make some noise for your defense. Still fired up. Fired yeah. up right now. The only thing is, though. Would you want to play as North Carolina A&T on NCAA football? Why would I have to do that? I don't. <laughs> I would just play the sounder anyway every time I was at home. <laughs> and see, it has nothing to do with. I just want. I just want the sounder. You, you could have that in the uh, the. I believe that we will win sounder at the end. That's true. I mean, I'm sure I could add that. I'm. I, I was going to say I'll put it on the college football game, but they don't make that anymore. Oh yeah. So see. But that's that's another thing. I went to to sell my uh, my Xbox 360 to go buy a PS4, and I'm did sitting, you? Yeah, did I, you make the purchase? I I did. I actually have uh, I have an Xbox 360 still, but it's it's the old okay. one. But I I um, can we still play Mercenaries too, so I can drive off cliffs and be the best driver ever? Yeah, yes, we can. We can uh, we Good. can still indiscriminately shoot people in Far Cry. There's that too. Um, Good, but. Uh, I when I traded that one in, the, one of the things that I would not trade was NCAA football fourteen because there won't be another college football game. So, yeah, can't get rid of that. I could have gotten like sixty bucks for it. I'm like, no, not doing. You know, 
I had a similar experience where I was cleaning out. I had a box of old Xbox games, you know, and you end up with Madden for like four straight years or something like that. Sure, sure. All right, well, I don't need these versions of Madden anymore. So I took all these in, and the guy said, you know, look, these are going to be a lot of them are going to end up being like a dollar a game. I'm like, that's fine. They're just taking up space. So whatever you're going to give me, it's fine. But one of them, all of a sudden, he said, whoa, this one's like 25 bucks. And I was like, really? What is it? And he showed me, and it was NCAA basketball. Oh, wow. From like 11 or 10 or something like that. Blake Griffin was on the cover, and I was like, why, why is it so much? Oh, this is the last year they did NCAA basketball. Oh. He's like, do you want to keep it? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. That was, that was Kawhi Leonard's freshman year. I think that's what year it was. And I just remember thinking, like, man, this team blows on this game, and it's good in real life. <laughs> Speaking, by the way, of video games, in the unintentional segue of the week, Nicely done. All right. Uh, a, a Kansas man who had escaped a fire in his home rushed back into the burning home to rescue his Xbox. Gosh. <laughs> uh, apparently, he hasn't heard of things like homeowner's insurance. Uh, the unidentified man suffered smoke inhalation before making it outside, but he and his Xbox were reportedly in good condition. You know, if I could get whatever the retail price is of an xbox which is what i'd assume you'd probably get from the insurance company yeah. if you had proper insurance right and be able to take that money and just apply it towards a next gen console like a <laughs> ps4 or an xbox one i would think that that would be my choice of action instead of risking life for <laughs> an xbox at uh, this point the uh, the home was a complete loss after the fire which was blamed on a faulty junction box that's <laughs> what's your what is the one thing you'd save from your house for it on fire? Well, we've already learned from Steve. Steve went and saved his Xbox. <laughs> I mean, like, did, did how old was this guy? Do we know? Uh, it doesn't say. Has he kissed a girl? <laughs> that's uh, that's another great question. I mean, yeah. It's so that's so scary. It's so scary that everything's on fire, and your thought is, "Gotta save my Xbox." <laughs> and I, mean, I have, I, I have one in, in the living room and one in the bedroom. Uh, you know, but at the same time, the house is going up in flames. They're staying. <laughs> We're not talking about his previous girlfriend. He was saving either. Uh, hey, oh, <laughs> hey. The uh, the Jerry Coleman signed baseball that I went and got out of storage as soon as we finished uh, our show talking about him. Um, that's now sitting on my nightstand. I would, I would want to. Ra- I would rather bring stuff like that with me. Than yeah, for yeah. Xbox. So uh, it it occurs to me we've not done floor derp yet. Do you want to? Do you want to head that way? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and we won't get too far into this this one story um, because I, I, based on the, we got it from the uh, from the uh, Twitter account Florida Man, which is pretty hilarious if you guys don't follow it. But yes. it has these Florida stories or Florida derp stories as we call them, and um, it had a story that based on the headline I thought we were going to have to talk about. And then once I read a little into it, I saw that it involves sexual assault. And um, I mean, look, we're happy to make fun of a lot of people, but um, we're going to draw the line somewhere. And death and sexual assault, definitely, we're going to uh, draw that. Yeah, line. yeah, not not going there. I think that's I think that's very fair. And uh, by the way, can I just say, just as a, as a as an aside, how appropriate it is that when you uh, go to look for you know floor derp and stuff like that, that one of one of the things that <laughs> that Google suggests as an autocorrect is Florida Georgia Line. 
boy. Uh, it's like dirty. it knows, man. It's it kind of like it does know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Google, the Google autocomplete is amazingly smart as it is. So, um, I really can't be surprised by by anything it comes up with anymore. Can you? Uh, no, absolutely not. But I, I did like the chart that I saw earlier this week about, um, you know, the the Google autocorrect for states. Okay. Did you see that one about, you know, if you type in California is so, and then the first thing that Google would kick back and they made a, a map based on that. California was expensive. <laughs> and, you know, for like uh, South Dakota, it was why is the state so cold and so on and so forth. <laughs> and it was it was pretty funny, but it basically showed how everyone in this country is a hater. <laughs> Not that we didn't know that already, well, but of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen that, but I'll I'll have to. Uh, hey, you'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'll have to see that. Uh, Dateline Orlando: A Florida man who admitted to tricking his pregnant girlfriend into taking pills known to cause abortion has been ordered to serve more than thirteen years in federal prison and pay her about twenty eight thousand five hundred dollars in restitution, according to prosecutors. All right. Well, we had this story before, right? Uh, no, this is a different one. Mm, we didn't have this story a long time ago. Uh, not that I'm aware of. I don't recognize the name. Wasn't this wasn't this guy's dad like a, a pharmacologist or something like that or a doctor? And he like stole his pad and wrote the prescription out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Uh, we had this story. So this was... this is an update to said story. No, I, so, I'm go. not trying to correct you as much as just like this guy was reprehensible at the time. Yes. So I'm glad to hear that he's being punished uh, in seemingly appropriate fashion. There are uh, there are a few more details, by the way, on the story. Uh, Weldon, uh, John Andrew Weldon, who is the criminal here, uh, scratched off identifying markings on the pills and then placed them in a bottle with a label provided by the unnamed pharmacy co-conspirator in indicating the contents were amoxicillin prescribed for his girlfriend, according to court documents. Um, I took a lot of amoxicillin as a kid because of ear infections. Uh, I know sure. what amoxicillin looks like. I, I'm not. I'm not confusing uh, amoxicillin and the morning after pill. Well, um, you know, I, I've taken a lot of amoxicillin too. <laughs> I would like to think I would. I would notice uh, the difference. At the same time, I, I don't really pay too much attention to the type of pill. It's just it comes in the bottle. I'm just like, yeah, it's amoxicillin. It's good. Yeah, by the way, uh, the other detail on this that we didn't have before, uh, uh-huh. Lee, and who is the woman, uh, in fact, her name is uh, Remy Jo Lee, and Weldon met in 2012 at a gentleman's club where she worked. Oh. Of course they did. Uh, police so much more sense now. Yeah, police investigators found text messages between the two showing she wanted to keep the baby and he did not. Right, I remember that part. That's um, always how that works. Isn't that the way it usually goes? Yeah. Uh, Dateline, Dateline Bonita Springs, under the category of old people doing things, and there are two of, two, two old people doing things stories. Uh, Lee County Sheriff's deputies arrested Spencer Toner, age 79, Thursday, for allegedly masturbating in the parking lot of McDonald's on Tamiami Trail. How come all the public masturbation stories always involve senior citizens now? <laughs> I like the allegedly masturbating. We can't, we, we can't say that he did, but he might have. He might have. <laughs> a, uh, a deputy was dispatched to the restaurant after a complaint of a man sitting in an older model black Mercedes watching pornography and touching himself. Gosh, man. 
you know, I, I still go back to the same question. Is it the thrill of being caught potentially that is like the catalyst for this? Because I can't figure out otherwise why you wouldn't just be seeking out the most private place possible to do something uh, of this nature. <laughs> Police walked up and tapped on the window and said, Eddie Griffin, is that you? Too soon? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, what? wouldn't you think, okay, I'm going to go to an empty parking lot? Not, I'm going to go to the mall? <laughs> well, here's the thing. According to the arrest report, the deputy spotted the vehicle in question and walked up to the driver's side window. There he could plainly see Toner was watching pornography on a small laptop. One hand was operating the computer while the other was occupied underneath the device. Now, what I'm thinking is... He rolled into McDonald's to use their Wi-Fi to watch porn. I got to feel, I mean, you know, I I have not taken my laptop down to Starbucks and, you know, written poetry or whatever it is you do down there (laughs) while you're on your laptop. But I I just, what I wonder about is, wouldn't they have some sort of filter? You know, I mean, if you can set these up at home so your kids can't get on, you know, whatever site – I would think that Starbucks probably would have something to prevent you from streaming streaming adult film uh, via their Wi-Fi. <laughs> Maybe he has some kind of uh, you know proxy or something. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. The uh, the deputy quickly knocked on the window. At that time, uh, Toner shut down the laptop and asked, "Can I help you?" The deputy could see the suspect's pants were unbuttoned and a rag was sitting in between his legs. The deputy asked what business Toner had at McDonald's, to which he answered, I'm here to get a bite to eat. McDonald's, I was looking for a Boston market. (laughs) Uh, Toner reportedly told the deputy he was homeless and living out of his car, a Mercedes, by the way. A Mercedes. With a laptop, too. Uh, Uh (laughs) The complainant told the deputy there were children hanging around Toner's car. (laughs) Oh, boy. Was it a Mercedes panel van? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, he was not selling ice cream out of the back of it. Uh, Good. Toner was confronted, but he told the complainant his privacy was being invaded, which is when the police were called. His privacy was being invaded. That's funny. Uh, you know, the, the other thing, I mean, when I think back to some other stories we've had on this program, uh, I really wish if he wasn't going to go with Kellen Winslow's uh, I was looking for Boston Market excuse, I was really wishing he could have gone with the other guy who – was like the space pioneer, but was now homeless. Remember oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we could have said, oh, sorry, man. I was just trying to upload my resume to LinkedIn. <laughs> Remember that? The guy was homeless with a LinkedIn profile. Uh, yes. Yes, I, I do. Like, huh? How did – how does that work? <laughs> really strange. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, I, 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 can, I cannot believe we had – not covered this story, but I saw it and I wanted to go back and, and cover it. A family argument over boxed macaroni and cheese resulted in the arrest of a 20-year-old South Carolina man who's jailed for allegedly battering his father, according to police. I thought we had this story. Uh, no, I don't think so. Man. I could be wrong. Maybe they're just all blending together. Uh, Brian Rossi, 54, told sheriff's deputies that he was, he was, quote, trying to make some macaroni and cheese for dinner, unquote. When he discovered that there was only pasta and no more cheese packets in the box. Oh, see, that's cold. Yes, it is. You don't do, you don't do that just to wrong. people that you love and care about. <laughs> after exchanging a few words with his father, uh, after being told to stop using all the cheese packets, 
Alex ran after him and began to punch him in the face and head. The younger Rossi eventually took the the father to the ground and continued to hit him. <laughs> when deputies arrived at the pair's home, Brian had a fresh laceration beneath his left eye with bruising and swelling. During questioning, Alex reported that he and his father were arguing over macaroni and cheese, adding that he did punch Brian in the face, but that Brian also punched him in the face. Alex, who had no visible injuries, was arrested for misdemeanor assault and battery and booked into the county jail. That's, uh... Man. You know, I think we've all had these moments in our lives where we get really mad about something, and then we look back on it, sometimes even shortly afterwards, and we realize, man... That was embarrassing. I can't believe I let myself get so worked up over this issue. I can safely say that uh, I can't think of anything I've done in my life that's as embarrassing as getting into a fist fight over macaroni and cheese. Um, well, actually, there's there's this. I'm just going to read the, the, the lead. I'm not going to actually read the rest of the story. Uh, this from June of last year. A Florida man allegedly struck his disabled father several times in the head during an argument about how to make Kool-Aid, police report. That's worse. <laughs> That's that's no, that's bad. I, but still, I didn't do that either. So I'm just talking about personally. I haven't ever been that mad over something that's stupid, um, and that's a point of pride. <laughs> and you know what? It's all about little victories in life, Brian. And I'll take them where I can get them. Uh, continuing, <laughs> Norris Troutman, age 20, is jailed on a felony battery charge for allegedly clobbering his disabled uncle in the head with a toilet seat cover, according to investigators. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so wait, what was the what was the uh... Suspect's name here? Norris Troutman. Is that the real name of uh, New Jack? <laughs> How did he just, he just had one sitting around? <laughs> he rolled out with a shopping cart with like a pizza cutter and a vacuum right. cleaner and, you know, a, a, a cookie Cheese tray grater. with a dent in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sammy Lee Johnson, the 48-year-old victim, told St. Lucie County Sheriff's office, office deputies that he was sitting on the couch in his Fort Pierce home watching TV with his mother when Troutman ran up to him and, quote, struck him in the back of his head with a toilet seat lid, unquote. No truth to the rumor that he then covered him and looked for somebody to do the three count. <laughs> it's like the old hardcore uh, championship on WWE where you would have people, like, attacking each other in parks and there would be a referee magically there to count it out. Remember that? That was actually a, a funny uh, running <laughs> joke. That was a, a funny running joke. Uh, but the thing was is you always had to have a ref with you. Yes, yes, right? you did. So uh, a few friends of mine in college, there were four guys living in a house uh, near the San Diego State campus, uh, and they had a championship belt, but it was a hardcore belt and an anytime belt. So um, it, granted, they wouldn't hit each other with any foreign object, but there was one time in particular where I was over there. One of them was asleep on the couch in the middle of the day. And uh, my buddy grabbed one of the other roommates, had him put on the referee shirt, and then pinned him on the couch. <laughs> and they had to exchange the belt at that time. The, the question I would have, though, is what happens yeah. if, if, the, uh, if, if your referee that you bring with you takes an inadvertent bump and can't count it? Uh, well, I guess that's your problem, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that's your problem. The ref needs to count him out. Uh, <laughs> Johnson said that he was unsure why Mr. Troutman was upset with him, adding that he did nothing to provoke the attack. The man's mother concurred that he had done nothing to prompt the assault. A sheriff's deputy reported noticing slight swelling on Johnson, who refused medical attention. It's always good when your Johnson has slight swelling. He, uh, he told investigators that Troutman retrieved the toilet seat lid from the windowsill of the bathroom. Now, did we learn... <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Oh, that really, God. Uh, really stopped me in my tracks. That snuck up on you a little bit, See, didn't 
Yeah. No, I um <laughs> Wow. You retrieve the toilet seat cover from the windowsill in the bathroom. Why wouldn't it be there? <laughs> of course. In case what you, am I thinking? In case you have to sit on the window and take a dump, you're covered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever the heck I was going to say just completely just drifted away after that. Okay, no, I figured it out. Um, okay. Please tell me that we've got some explanation as to what the problem was with the Kool-Aid. Uh, Were they putting not enough sugar in, too much sugar, not enough water, too much water? Um, Those are the only ingredients, so I don't know how <laughs> else you could be screwing it up. Well, actually, that's a different story, but um, in, in that story... <laughs> he, Wait, did I, did I switch our stories yeah, again? Yeah, this this is still the, uh, the, the toilet seat uh, assault. Yeah, but I thought it was over Kool-Aid. No, no, no. This was just... Uh, we haven't gotten to the reason for the toilet seat attack yet. Oh, okay. Uh, in an interview with a sheriff's deputy, the 6'6 Troutman spontaneously admitted to striking his uncle with a toilet seat. He claimed that the man had been mocking him. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you with your fully abled self. You know how it is, man. When somebody runs their mouth, you got to recognize. you got to bust them outside the head with a toilet seat. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're not in a position where you can just let that stuff slide. <laughs> I mean, I can't keep all this moron straight, Brian. I really can't. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Troutman was arrested for aggravated battery due to the fact that he used a deadly weapon and or a blunt object to strike Johnson in the back of the head. Oh, gosh. <laughs> deadly weapon and or blunt object, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But by, by the way, I, I, uh, I got distracted again. I ended up down another rabbit hole. Um, I should tell you, they've, they've posted part of a concert rider from Kenny Rogers. Oh, wow. And uh, Kenny Rogers is a favorite on this program. Yes. Uh, just a couple of things that, that uh, are, are mentioned here. <laughs> uh, item number eight, the caterer should be available at all times. If the caterer needs to leave the building for any reason, please check with the road manager prior to leaving. I like that rule. It seems like a good rule. <laughs> wonder if he's going to do the shopping cart trick if he tries to leave. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to do the bat fetcher 5,000 yeah. trick with my teeth. If you want to leave, you have to successfully catch a bat in your teeth. <laughs> Pepper spray. <Yep>. Bats. <laughs> the cattle prod. Uh, yep. Item number nine. Uh, fast food, chain restaurant food is not acceptable. The irony is just dripping here from a guy who ran a fast food restaurant chain. He won't eat fast food. Uh, it is the quality, not the excessive quantity, that is requested for the Kenny Rogers touring personnel. Right. Um, <laughs> so, if you got the Kenny Rogers touring personnel food from a Cracker Barrel, is that unacceptable? I don't. I just would love to hear Kenny actually say, "Yeah, we can, yeah, Cracker Barrel is a no go for me." <laughs> What the hell's wrong with you people? I'm not going to eat from a KFC. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then this is the bad thing. Item number 11. The caterer should provide six bottles of soft soap for showers. Six? So I'm imagining, like, Kenny Rogers sitting there with, like, these little pumps of hand soap, sitting there giving himself, like, the trucker shower, <laughs> running hand soap over himself <laughs> before That's a show. A lot of soap, man. <laughs> I mean, he must work up a lather while he's playing. 
<laughs> Soft soap and Javon Musk. That's the that's the scent of Kenny Rogers. Oh, <laughs> soft soap, Javon Musk, uh, a pack of of unfiltered parliaments, <laughs> and like some PBR or something. If you ever wanted to imagine how Kenny Rogers smelled, there you go. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, if I had known that that's how he smelled, I would have absolutely said Lionel Richie a whole lot faster in last week's debate. <laughs> He also demands 48 towels. They have to be bath size. You know, <laughs> I am always amused by these because you just never know what someone is going to consider important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I remember seeing something about uh, when Mariah Carey toured, she had to have a room in the arena where it was set up with like a bed with um, – um, uh, oh, God, uh, humidifiers all over the place yeah and then she had to be delivered with certain like tea at a certain point in the day and all of these things well this this is what kenny rogers wants in his dressing room so uh again we we get a little distracted but this is damn sure worth it i think so this is what kenny rogers wanted in his dressing room um fresh fruit for five people such as apples bananas seedless grapes etc uh, assorted chocolate candies and sunflower seeds. That's an interesting mixture. Just saying. You know, in case you just wanted to chocolate up your sunflower seeds, I guess. I mean, I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one pound each M&M's plain and peanut candies and assorted miniature chocolate candy bars. One pound each. I mean, is someone a diabetic? I just be like, crew, I don't really know how to. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say that. Three quarts assorted fruit juices such as cranapple, pineapple, grape, orange, etc. And how much vodka to mix with those? <laughs> two cases of Nyquil. Uh, <laughs> two six packs assorted cold drinks. Just two six packs. Uh, there's more. Uh, two six-packs Diet Coca-Cola with caffeine. Mm-hmm. A six-pack of Diet Coca-Cola, no caffeine. Right, that's the for the bass player who's Mormon. <laughs> yeah, who's the BYU graduate. Uh, two six-packs of Coca-Cola. Yeah, Pepsi okay? No. <laughs> I want to stab people to say that. Uh, Twelve 10-ounce Canadian mist or clearly Canadian drinks in assorted flavors such as cherry, peach, and strawberry. I didn't know that those were still being made. <laughs> I didn't either. Clearly Canadian or Canadian mist. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> four six-packs of imported beer, Heineken or St. Pauli Girl, prefer- preferable. St. Pauli Girl? <laughs> gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> we found out that, Ken- that Kenny is not a beer snob. Uh, two quarts of vitamin D whole milk. We know what that's for. That's for the dairy challenge. That's for the dairy challenge. No doubt. <laughs> Meanwhile, my father's listening to this going, what in the hell are they talking about the dairy challenge and bats and cattle park? <laughs> now, how far is it down the rider before it gets in eggnog and yogurt and the other things for the dairy challenge? Uh, actually, they, they there's, there's a couple more dairy items on here. Um, three cases of Evian water, one case iced down, remainder room temperature. All right. One pint of, I guess this is Dranbui liqueur. Doesn't ring a bell. 
Uh, 20 Lipton tea bags, no substitutes. <laughs> also, throat coat when available. All right. One small box of herbal tea. How do you... <laughs> I just want to know how over the years it just got to the point where they needed to add to this list. So maybe they started <laughs> with, you know, like a tray of deli sandwiches with like, you know, three cases of beer per person that we need to account for. And, um, you know, need some uh, a fresh bottle of, uh, you know, ibuprofen. And then from there, it just expanded like, oh, man, we need to add clearly Canadian. This stuff is so good. It's like uh, Van Halen used to have, I think it was like green M&Ms or something like that in their writer just to see if people were paying attention. Right, yeah. I remember hearing about bands where it's like, oh, we'll take only this color or we need all the brown ones picked out or, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is on Kenny's list? Uh, a, small jar, a small jar of honey. Uh, four wedged lemon apostrophe S. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, a half a gallon of fat-free milk. So they have two different specific asks for milk. Yes. <laughs> you got right. your whole milk in my half gallon fat yeah. free. Um, half a case of Budweiser. All right. Half a case of Bass beer. Yeah, it, I mean, the, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not like it's organized into drinks, non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> food, you know, other things. I mean, it's just all over the place. They just—it's so obvious. They just, hey, we should have a, this bass. This is good stuff. Let's get a case of that on the rider. They—they <laughs> uh, they have a half case of Corona. Half case. Yeah. Where? Do you just go to BJ's or Costco or something and mix and match? Is that how that works? It's just a half case. <laughs> uh, all we sell is full cases. We'll have to keep this until he comes back again. It's for Kenny Rogers, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then the final two items, a half case of Diet Coca-Cola, which we've already covered, I thought. Yeah, the, there was there was two six-packs of... That's a half case, last I checked. Caffeinated, and then there was uh, was just one six-pack of uncaffeinated, right? Yeah, and uh, two quarts of assorted fruit juices, cranapple, orange, grape, etc., which we already asked for three quarts earlier. Man, I mean, they just screw it. We can get whatever, so, you know, good times. <laughs> and then finally, uh, there's this. If Kenny is eating his hot meal in between show times, please provide him with a meat and cheese deli tray pizza or hot hors d'oeuvres such as hot chicken wings prior to the first show. Oh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Man, this is just like... <laughs> It just amazes me the the lack of touch with reality that I feel that these people must have in order to make these requests. And you will be happy to know that I have since looked up a celebrity most outrageous celebrity tour writers article <laughs> that we can continue this theme with. Have you uh, have you looked up the most outrageous flow writers yet? No, I have not. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was pretty interesting. God, I can't remember what article I was reading where they finished – where some record executive saying just something about, I'm not surprised this is popular. If Flo Rida could sell albums, then I guess anyone can. <laughs> it's like, wow. Just not afraid. I like it. Um, yeah, so the first person it talks about in this article is Lady Gaga saying that she specifies things like a mannequin with pink – with puffy pink pubic hair – White leather couches, fresh roses, and black satin drapes, old rock posters of David Bowie, Queen, Elton John, and Billie Holiday, 
apparently that noted rocker Billie Holiday, and peanut butter with flaxseed that contains no more than four grams of sugar. Okay. So what she's saying is she wants to be surrounded by people that actually have talent. I guess. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Madonna earlier in the show, um, that she has a 200-person entourage that includes 30 bodyguards, personal chefs, a yoga instructor, and an acupuncturist, and an on-site dry cleaner. Um, I, I really like this next one. 20 international phone lines. <laughs> 20. <laughs> Everyone's got to be able to be on it at the same time. And then lilies and white and light pink roses that have stems trimmed precisely to six inches. Okay. So, I mean, how do you read any of this and take it seriously? Or if you're a promoter and want to stay in the business? Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Allegedly, Mariah Carey asked for 20 white kittens and 100 doves. <laughs> and specifies that her room should be at uh, around 75 degrees. Okay. So that's good times. Uh, Rihanna, of course, she asked for gummy bears. Hopefully she doesn't ask for the sugar-free gummy bears. <laughs> And it does specify that it is the same brand. That, by Rival, the way, that thing, Herbal. yeah, that thing ended up on uh, at midnight. By the way, the 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 uh, the Satan Bears thing. They they were talking about people. I think the uh, the game was to get people to write like a an Amazon review or something like that for those bears. I, <laughs> I'm not surprised that they latched onto that. It's a good topic and a good joke. But can you tell that Rihanna's a huge stoner when she asks for gummy bears, Oreo cookies, mini Baybell cheese, and cans of Red Bull? <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> perfect by the way the other thing too about uh at midnight that I'd, I'd forgotten to mention last night was one that was worth watching because they had the cast of the state on there oh wow yeah that's from the past how was it it was actually pretty funny they uh they you know brought back the uh the i'm doug and i'm out of here bit they brought back the i want to dip my balls in it bit all that stuff man <laughs> well i'm glad to see that they're i mean they're able to get some of those bits that was a great show but <laughs> yes it was um, that was that, that caught me very much off guard as well. Um, and also learning that uh, chauffeurs are not allowed to start a conversation when they drive Katy Perry and are not to stare in the back seat through the rearview mirror. Well, if they do, to her rider. if they do, you're going to hear her roar. There you go. Yeah. Um, and she specifies that the fridge in her dressing room must come with a glass door. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so they've got MIA on this list, which it's the first I've heard of MIA since she made that one song, um, <laughs> paper planes, but the first thing is a pair of 20 to 25 year old dancers in full burkas, European cheese <laughs> and kettle one vodka, absinthe and Red Bull <laughs> dancers in full burkas, God. burkas, uh, Nicki Minaj says that she wants scented candles that must smell like baked goods. Two space heaters, buckets of spicy fried chicken, but no thighs and only wings. <laughs> three packs of gum in three different flavors, but it doesn't say what flavors. I mean, that seems like it's just sloppy from her management team. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I guess when you're as, as successful as, you know, Jay-Z, uh, you can specify that you only go to the venue in a late model black Maybach. 
and uh, and yeah. Beyonce says that she she wants juicy based chicken, heavily seasoned with fresh garlic, seasoned salt, black pepper, and cayenne pepper. Yeah. The question is, I mean, it, my favorite people though are usually the ones that. I don't think are all that good. Like Jennifer Lopez is the next one. So I'm kind of looking forward to reading this one. Cause it's going to be absolutely ridiculous based on everything I've ever read about this woman. Do, do they take four hours to draw on Cartman's hand? Is that, is that how that works? I hope so. I hope so. Apparently she has a theme that everything must be white, including flowers, lounges, covers for the chairs, candles, and food like white fish and white fruit. Okay. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I guess now that we know that not only does she have a big ass, she uh, yeah, she, she is she one. She is. Yeah. Oh, uh, Christina Aguilera specifies that no styrofoam or plastic goods shall be used in preparation of food because of the state of the environment, and there must be a small bottle of Flintstones vitamins with extra vitamin C. So I'm sure she feels really good when, whenever, you know, CeeLo Green is eating stuff out of styrofoam containers and Blake Shelton is like, you know, spitting his, his lipper into a styrofoam cup next to her. Yeah, I'm sure that goes well. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that this is only a partial report here from um, from Kanye West is all they mention is that any chauffeur who drives him must wear 100 percent cotton clothes with no man made fibers and that he must have imported and recut Versace towels. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, far be it for me to actually look at Adele's anything and think this seems sort of reasonable. Um, but she just says she says the only thing that's, that's listed on her writer here are Marlboro Lights, European Lager beer, sandwiches without tomatoes, and that any fan who gets free tickets must make a donation to charity. <laughs> Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, why is why are you on this list? This seems reasonable. Does she get empty beer bottles to crack over fans' heads when they come back from a meet and greet? I don't know. I, I thought that I, it seemed. Jordan Sparks, we're just skipping you because we don't even know who you are. Um, and I guess Marilyn Manson on his writer specifies that he wants a bald-headed, toothless hooker. So that's cool. Um, I'm guessing that's that's not something he really expects, but. Uh, there you go, Brian. Uh, there are some more ridiculous celebrity writers. Um, but what I remember is I think it was T.J. Miller was doing a thing where he said that he started – they asked him you know, what he wanted on his writer, and he didn't want to be um, – you know, he wanted to put something down, but he also wanted to make a joke out of it or something where he said something about you – know, he put something down where he's like a, ter- a terrible turkey sandwich. <laughs> and that was that his writer was a terrible turkey sandwich and he said he went and worked some college show and this you know girl who was working for the theaters came in and was like i'm really sorry i couldn't find you a turkey sandwich all i could find was this ham sandwich and he said hey <laughs> that's a pretty terrible turkey sandwich i like the way you think <laughs> that was, i thought that was fantastic yeah, we uh, we have another music story, by the way, coming up in two stories. So that's as we wind down the program, we'll get to that. But uh, I, I want to keep you in suspense a little bit. Okay. Uh, Dateline Gulf Breeze, Florida. A verbal altercation over a beer landed a 71-year-old man in jail after he hit a person in the face with a biscuit pan on January 16th. The random weapons that pop up in these stories. <laughs> uh, According to the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office arrest report, James Adams, a Gulf Breeze resident, got in a dispute with a subject over who would drink the last beer in the house. The dispute carried over into the kitchen where Adams struck the other person in the face with what was described as a biscuit pan. 
The report described both suspects as having extremely slurred speech and being uneasy on their feet. Adams was arrested for battery after the officer observed a small cut over the left eye of the alleged victim. Adams was released from jail on Saturday after his bail was paid at $500. Well, I mean, you know, the good thing is that now I'm Googling what a biscuit pan looks like. (laughs) So that's exciting. You know, living out here in California my whole life, we don't make as many biscuits. (laughs) Why not? Well, I'm just thinking, okay, so the, the, we've got circular, we've got more rectangular, uh, you know, we've got one with handles here on the sides. I can only imagine which one he actually used. <laughs> so now we have to figure out what exact apparatus he used to go to work on this guy's dome. I'm telling you, man, you look at some of these circular ones, I mean, you could really, like, you could do some damage. Uh, speaking of damage, this this uh, this next story subject is fairly damaged. A woman in Nigeria disowned her cat for being gay, saying the feline had been making passes at other male cats in the home. Disowned the cat for being gay. It's Satan's cat. It's evil. Yeah, before long, Macklemore will write a song about it. The, uh, (laughs) the, The unidentified woman who has owned the cat named Bull for seven years said he was exhibiting, quote, unnatural sexual behavior, unquote, and noted that there were female cats in the home he could have pursued, quote, Anybody interested in a gay cat can have it because I have no further use for it, unquote, she reportedly said. Wow. I mean, that's... Um, Imagine that Craigslist ad. <laughs> that's a good point. I just, you know, it's like of, of all the things that are happening, I'm not paying... Um, I mean, granted, both our cats are fixed, but at the same time, like, you know, is that something you're paying a whole bunch of attention to? <laughs> Oh, man, you know, I've just been noticing that my cat's sexual behavior is just so odd. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Dear Penthouse, my cat is into dudes. How do I I fix him? I never thought I'd be writing this letter. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for a long-distance dedication. (laughs) That's long distance, all right. This woman in Nigeria writes, Dear Casey, my cat is into other male cats. I don't know how to fix him. I'd like to dedicate Cold Place Fix You to my cat, <laughs> Bull. Thanks, distraught in Nigeria. Distraught? Yes. <laughs> yes, go ahead. P.S. If you can simply send me your address and bank account number, I will use your money to ship the cat to you. It should only take about $300. In exchange for this, I will pay you $50,000 once I get your information and have your bank account number. Why are those people always from Nigeria? It's always a Nigerian prince or somehow a Nigerian oil tycoon. or so, You know what I'm talking about? So so now I'm, I'm imagining like the latest CG, CD from Nigerian prince. Where you, pay, Nigerian you, prince. You, you pay $300 to buy a CD and he'll pay you 50000 once you buy it. Is that how that works? Oh, I thought you were going to say that Nigerian <laughs> prince is just spelled with one symbol. <laughs> yeah, that's where I really thought you were going. No, ladies and gentlemen, we are not drunk on this program, although it probably seems like it. Nigerian Prince with his hit song, Oil and Burkas, instead of Diamonds and Pearls. No, I, it's not even the right country for that, but that's okay. It's, you know, been but, but, on the air live for, you know, darn near three hours. So, By, by the way, uh, this picture you sent me, the biscuit pan, why am I imagining, like, an infomercial for the Orgreenic pan, where it's like the Orgreenic biscuit pan, and it advertises that, like, blood will slide right off the surface, and it shows some dude right. going to work on somebody's skull with one of these things? 
But I'm just saying, you, you could hurt someone with that. Uh, yes, yes, you could. That could cause some damage. Uh, the the music story I've been teasing as we wind down the program. The final story of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're you're familiar with BuzzFeed. You know what BuzzFeed sure. is and what it does. Uh, we were talking on the program about some of the songs from the charts from 1994 last week. Uh-huh. BuzzFeed has come out with the top 91 hit wonders of the 2000s, and I'm going to give you some of the songs on that list. Um, 89 is Josh Kelly's Amazing from 2003. Josh Kelly, who became famous for being Mr. Catherine Heigl. Oh, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's see what else I know here. Uh, number 83 is Asher Roth's I Love College. Yeah, that, that song was real popular for about two weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the problem no. with the I Love College song is you're limiting the people who like it right out of the gate. If you graduated from college, you can't like that song anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's over at that point. I mean, you've got the people who are in college at the time that you've released it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> geez. There are going to be some of these inevitably that I miss. So uh, if you really want to, uh, you know, add on anything that I might miss or whatever, you can certainly do so. Uh, number 77 was one that was on the radio all the damn time. Defaults wasting my time from 2001. Oh, yeah. It sure was. It was on a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a country singer. Now here's my rock song. <laughs> uh, number 72 was D4L's Laffy Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think of that, I, I think of that more from the, the way that uh, Girl Talk sampled it in one of his remixes. <laughs> but that's, uh, that, pretty, that did crack me up. <laughs> uh, number 68's The Wise Guys Start the Commotion with Greg Nice of Nice and Smooth. Oh, uh, it was in Zoolander, too. That's... I don't know if that's something to be proud of or not. I was clowned by a few people because I referenced a Zoolander line. Um, I don't know. What do you think of that? <laughs> that's that's fine. I'll, I'll allow that. I, I won't give you any grief over that. I mean, you know, it's like the center for kids who want to read good and stuff. I mean, you know, like that's <laughs> it's amusing or Blue Steel or something like that. But I guess it all depends on what you're quoting from it. Number uh, 66 was Alien Ant Farm Smooth Criminal. That, um, you know... That got a lot of time, and uh, I mean, I thought there was another Alien Ant Farm song that was vaguely popular. Yeah, but uh, I could tell you what it is. So at, I guess at the movies was what it was. Yeah, and I don't even really remember that one. <laughs> uh, number sixty-three is Soul Decisions Faded, which I'm sure you remember. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, it was number one in Canada, I see. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, number 62 was Fort Minor's Where'd You Go, which actually, uh, remember the name, was it's another hit. a far more well-known song by then. Yeah. So, I I don't know. Uh, and, you know, plus you, you hear Remember the Name at, you know, games and stuff still. That would have ended up on, like, Jock Jams 36 if they'd still been yep. recording them. Absolutely true. Uh, number 61, Ryan Cabrera's On the Way Down. Uh, Ryan Cabrera, famous for dating Ashley Simpson for a while. Uh, I was more uh, amazed by the fact that he has a Ryan Gosling tattoo. It's the <laughs> random thing listed about this. Yeah. Whatever, dude. We all yeah. have to have our crushes. Uh, <laughs> number 58 was uh, Shop Boy's Party Like a Rockstar. 
I think that was the only lyric in it too, right? No, they said totally, dude. Oh, my, my bad. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, number 56 was uh, Evan and Jaren's Crazy for This Girl. Very forgettable song, yes. Yep. Uh, my Neck, My Back by Kaya's number 54. Well, I'm <laughs> glad a, we were able to... Dude, yeah? that's, a, that's a baller song. Seriously. Yes. It's been used in a lot of movie scenes. Yes, yes, it has. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, number fifty-three, another one of these annoying ass songs that you heard on alternative radio every five seconds. Uh, Hinders lips of an angel. That one's not ringing a bell with me for whatever reason, and I feel lucky. Get, go. Probably one of those ones where if once I hear it, I'll be like, "All right, that one." Yeah, go go YouTube it after the uh, after the program. You remember it. Um, <laughs> 52's Michael Franti and Spearhead's Say Hey, which if you've ever heard like a Jamaica ad or something like that, you've heard that song. Yeah, I, um, you know, I'm just, God, man, this list is like freaking me out. <laughs> I'm just like, God, I don't remember these songs. It scares me. Uh, number 49, Jets, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad that they, they at least addressed that hard bitch was uh their first you know more popular song but um yeah. man that's that are you gonna be my girl still gets a lot of play uh, yes yes it does and uh it came out in 2004 seems like longer ago than that uh, i've heard it many times uh mims this is why i'm hot was number 48 well, you know, I just remember Blake Bevan when he was drafted. Uh, I think it was by the Mar- or was it by the Rangers? Yeah, he was drafted by the Rangers, and he was wearing a, a shirt that said, "This is why I'm hot." And they showed him in his home. It was it was amazing. I remember it was one of the like something I saw via a blog, and I was like, "This is great. I must show this to people." It's it's not as good as Zach Wheeler's interview from his house. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but I have a feeling I have to go find it. Yeah, uh, Am Singer is trying to talk to him, and, and uh, he's asking him questions. He's just like, "Huh." Well, I can't hear you. Yeah, the, the, the IFB wasn't working and he couldn't hear him. I've, I've got the audio somewhere. Um, 47 was ATCs Around the World, which is annoying. The number of songs that are basically something with a hook that would, you know, didn't have any redeeming value other than it would get stuck in your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very high portion of these songs. Uh, SR71's Right Now was number 45. I actually had that CD still. Do you? I do. You, you skipped over Nivea's Don't Mess With My Man. Yeah, screw that. Featuring the guys from Jagged Edge. <laughs> You'll notice at number 43, uh, Teddy Geiger's For You, I Will is on there. This is, just, this is also scary. That guy looks like he's in a, in a uh, anti-drug commercial on that album cover. That or he just had his skin cleared up thanks to Proactive. <laughs> Uh, Snow Patrol's Chasing Cars, number 42, the, uh, the soundtrack for every Cutter movie that came out in the, uh, in the late 2000s. It's the most played song of the decade in the UK. No wonder everyone over there is drinking. <laughs> Jeez. Why? That's, that's the question I have to ask. But that song is so Why is it so played often? so much? I don't know. I just work here, dude. I'm not sure. I, I mean... <laughs> I have no good answer for you. Remember, someone was like, "Hey, man, check out this Snow Patrol album. It's great." I'm like, no, <laughs> I'd figure something. I, I can't from... keep listening to this. I can't. Yeah, I see. I'd figure something from Coldplay would end up being the number one played song or something like that. Apparently, they get a lot of run in the UK. And uh, by the way, no uh, American Psycho by Treble Charger on this list. 
Really? Yeah, it's wrong. Um, yeah. Estelle's American Boy was number 41. Even Kanye couldn't save that one. Yeah. Uh, it's still got plenty of play. Uh, speaking of songs that get plenty of play, Los Lonely Boys Heaven was number 40. Uh, I think that made it into a few commercials, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, a few. Uh, the Click Five is on this list. Just the girl. That's at uh, 38. I actually like that band. It's a decent band. You know... I just I looked a little further down the list and see that Still Fly by the Big Timers is listed as a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem accurate um, because, I mean, maybe that was the only one that came off one of their albums, but they were on so many other songs thanks to all the cash money stuff. I mean, and that's where I guess this list gets a little ridiculous, especially yeah. with hip-hop, because a lot of times people end up on other hit songs and then they come out with their own record or something and then it doesn't do very well. But, I mean, come on, the Big Timers... Like, I, I have a tough time calling them a one-hit wonder. Yeah, uh, Howie Day's Collide is number 35. So every, every uh, you know, drama show that came on, on uh, UPN at the time or the CW or whatever. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how those songs make the rounds, yes. you know, for whatever, you know, show is this generation's version of Dawson's Creek? <laughs> because I don't even know. anymore. <laughs> I just know that when I was a teenager and, you know, it was the risque show where they... You know, especially for that time, it was so crazy what was happening. Uh, DJ Sammy's Heaven was number 34. I actually know a couple who had that as their first dance. Hmm. Well, that must uh, they must take solace when they see this list. Uh, You're the best song <laughs> called Heaven on this list. Speaking of, uh, of hip-hop records, uh, Terror Squad's Lean Back was number 31. Yeah, again, uh, a lot of the terror squad ended up in different places. Make, I mean, you know, just for DJ Khaled, I mean, all I do is win. That was a pretty big hit. Yeah, Fatjo and Big Pun. Yeah, so not a play. I just crush a lot. Yes, um, what I hear. Number thirty is Afro Man's "Because I Got High." Now, they reference a story, and I'm going to read this story. This came from 2001. A 17-year-old arrested for possessing a marijuana pipe is being forced to listen to Afromans Because I Got High and write a report about it by a Massachusetts District Court judge. <laughs> Matthew Fournier of East Hartford, Connecticut, was sentenced Wednesday in Springfield to listen to the, quote, stupid rap song, unquote, as, as Judge Nancy Dusak Gomez referred to Afroman's summer hit, paying particular attention to the line, and they quoted it, and they got, they got it wrong. They say, now I'm a quadriplegic, and I know why, because I got high. It's actually now a paraplegic, and I know why. Uh, according to the AP, the judge continued the case for six months and said she would dismiss misdemeanor alcohol and drug charges. Fournier was also caught with a bottle of whiskey and ten bottles of beer. If the teen completed his report on the song and stayed away from liquor and drugs, you were shaming your mother in front of these good people, Dusek Gomez scolded from behind her bench. She required Fournier to submit to random drug testing. The district attorney did not object to the serv- or the sentence. Well, that's an interesting... Uh... Way to go about it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> listening to that song a whole bunch of times while you're not intoxicated is probably going to be enough. But, you know, the report's pretty good. Um, man, as I scroll through the rest of this list, though, I- I'm starting to know all of these songs. Like, like yeah, I remember all these songs. Remember all of these songs. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, A by Hurricane Chris. Yep. That doesn't require too much thought. I was going to go to that. He, did, he didn't give it too much thought. No. Uh, I'm glad that we know that he said it 67 times in the song, A Bay, that is. Yeah. Or the, the Mitsubishi commercial, Days Go By by Dirty Vegas. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> um, Fountains of Wayne's Stacy's Mom, which, by the way, 
that's that's at number 26. Uh, the band Bowling for Soup, which is incredible, by the way. If you don't own their catalog, go buy the entire thing. Um, people confuse that song with a Bowling for Soup song so much that Bowling for Soup finally covered it and actually did a better job than Fountains of Wayne did with it. <laughs> that would just be embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, Bowling for Soup is is good stuff. If you don't have this, go buy it. But still, it's not exactly Hendrix covering Bob Dylan and coming out on top. You know what I mean? It's still, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, the core's breathless at number twenty four. Yeah, they could have stayed in Ireland. Look at number twenty three on this list. Love it. Yeah, Chamillionaire. Um, <laughs> Riding that, that got a lot of play. Yep. Um, as did Tipsy, which was a song that I, I just never liked ever. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. That was about the time that I realized I don't go to the club, and I won't ever go to the club. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Blue Cantrell's Hit 'Em Up Styles, number 20. I, I, uh, first of all, I hated that song, but I have to laugh at the random note on this. It says, Blue Cantrell was last in the news when Beyonce had her baby, and people thought Beyonce named her baby after her. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to guess that's all you, If that's your best bolt these days for your career, um, that, it's not doing too well. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Powder's Bad Day was number 19. After all the time they apparently played it on American Idol, I don't watch that crap, but everybody tells me they play it on there. And that was I, only number 19. I really, really do not care for that song. Um, that's all I could say about it. I don't care for uh, Crazy Town's Butterfly at number 16. I just remember that that was the, continually played in Orange County, the movie Orange <laughs> County. And, yeah. Uh, it fit, though, with the way that they did it. And, you know, that's the thing, though, is that a lot of people don't realize that Mike Judge was involved with writing that movie, wasn't he? <laughs> At least I think he was, wasn't he? Uh, I think so in an ancillary manner. I know that it was a, a, a vehicle from Tom Hanks to get his kid some, uh, you know, some jobs. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of a different Mike. But anyway, I don't know. I was I, I was amused. I thought they got that one pretty right by with the song that they picked to play over and over again. Uh, are you hurt by the way that Rakim is is uh, referenced in number fifteen on this list? Uh, yes, quite. Um, although I'm okay with it because I've got enough of his other stuff where you know I can survive based off of that one thing. I'll get by it. So uh, and then also. Uh, for a hip-hop ruling, how do you feel about Young Jock being labeled a one-hit wonder? Uh, I, I can't allow that. That's that's <laughs> false. Because he was on T-Pain's Buy You a Drank? <laughs> uh, number 13 was Nine Days, Absolutely Story of a Girl. I yeah. hate that damn song, Burn It With Fire. Yep. Seriously. I'm with you. I, I like the random note, though. It says people thought it was by th- uh, Three Doors Down or Third Eye Blind because of mislabeled MP3s on illegal music downloading services. Oh, third. That's funny. <laughs> that is really funny. I mean, but that just shows like how generic a lot of these songs are. Uh, I do find the note on number 11, which is Crazy by Gnarls Barkley, pretty incredible, saying it was the song was number one on Rolling Stone's 2009 Best Songs of All Time. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not allowing Gnarls Barkley to be on that list either because of all the, all the stuff that CeeLo's been a part of. Right. Uh, no. So, I mean, again, picking and choosing one-hit wonders. Uh, yeah, the, the top 10, uh, Wayne Wonders, No Letting Go, garbage. Um, number nine's, uh, Cassidy's Hotel. Don't remember that one. I don't either. Uh, number eight is Mario Winans, I Don't Want to Know, which is bad. 
number seven, American Hi-Fi's Flavor of the Week. They actually had some other stuff that was on the was charts. actually all right. Yeah. So, but what are you going to do? Uh, number six, Nina Sky's Move Your Body. I believe in a thing called Love is number five. Yeah. The Darkness. Yeah. That song was amusing when it came out. I actually, so ridiculous. I forget when it was that I heard this, but I heard uh, Chris Jericho cover that song of all people. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Number four, we can't say the title of, but uh, <laughs> the song F It. F It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a ridiculous song, by the way. Yes. Um, Just a ridiculous song by Eamon. Uh, number three, Dreams He Loves You Not. Awful. I debated putting Dream on this list because they had one other minor minor hit called This Is Me, which is a jam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Lumidee's on this list, number two, Never Leave You. And, uh, Cassie's Me and You is number one. Yeah. Um, they kind of lost me towards the top. I think they could have taken Shamillionaire's writer and you would have done better with that. You know? <laughs> There's also a list that is 10 other amazing songs by 90s alt rock one hit wonders. Oh, that would take us down a whole nother rabbit hole, pal. We've reached the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if only we had the time. Oh, we probably will next week. Bookmark it, please. They're they're suggesting you know to, two weeks from now. Yeah, they're suggesting to uh, to listen to another song from White Town other than Your Woman. Why? They <laughs> didn't know they had other songs. They're they're saying to listen to James to, to the James song "Say Something" instead of the James song "Sit Down," which was a much better song. Well, I mean, that's, I guess, the beauty and curse of being a music critic. Someone is going to disagree with you. Yeah, they're uh, they're saying to listen to something off of the uh, off of the Space Hog record. I actually know somebody who was a guitar player in Space Hog for a while. Oh, all right. And uh, th- see, like, they're suggesting all this stuff. Like, they're suggesting a Semisonic song that isn't their best song. Like, if you listen to anything Semisonic, don't listen to Closing Time. Listen to Chemistry. Um, they're suggesting a Marcy Playground song that's not their best. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. this. This is stupid. I'm I'm not going into that list. There you go. Yeah, screw all you people. But anyway, as you mentioned, the end of the program, and also as you mentioned, uh, no program, at least not in this slot next week. We might, if we feel so inclined, we might tape something. I don't know. Uh, don't hold us to it. However, uh, we will both be on assignment in one way or another. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and and then I promptly leave. I'm out of San Diego um, for. About six nights as well next week, uh, starting Wednesday. <laughs> so I mean, things things are picking up here. <laughs> yeah, business is picking up. It's a real uh, real slobber knocker, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, that's that's been DTMA episode nineteen, and uh, we've actually got a title for it now. Now, the other one hit wonder you'll hear on this program: the closing music. He's Ed Barnes. I'm Brian Wilmer. As we uh, dig through the snow here in South Carolina, we'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, try to avoid being a douchey schmuck. We'll see you later.